Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hey, this is Sharks Cross Hollywood, and this is a very special episode. That's what I'm calling it. Actually, you know what? It's not a very special episode. There's like no drugs or alcohol in this movie at all. No, this is just like a fat kid being mopey about being made fun of in the 90s. That's pretty much it. Granted, he does have some sociopathic bullies to deal with. But... Oh, yeah. You know what? I connected really hard with that. Just these these people who would not just fucking relentless bullying just relentless and this kid he's not doing anything you know he's just being himself and just the fact that he was himself is their justification for bullying him it kills me to see Vanderbeek in that role because I love Vanderbeek like I have come to love him in in more recent years because because of things like don't trust the be in apartment 23 power slash rangers power slash rangers <laughs> he had a small role in modern family as cam's sister's ex which i thought he was he was perfect in. he's the fucking dawson he and he of course he's the dawson and he plays uh he is, is does he play blunt man or chronic i think he plays chronic in uh, the blunt man and chronic movie oh yeah yeah he's chronic uh well he doesn't play him in well he doesn't tech technically in the movie that we never actually <laughs> see because they get knocked out before they can shoot a single frame of it <laughs> The implication of that movie is that they eventually did make the Blunt Man and Chronic movie because they later do a reboot. Well, yeah, that that is true. And because remember, at the end of the movie, they they team up with who is it, Banky, to split the uh, the the likeness rights. The likeness rights for the movie, yeah. Because yeah, in Chasing Amy, it's suggested that they deal with a lot of a lot of lawyers so they know about likeness rights. This movie's about a fat kid, and I'm doing the fat kid thing, and I'm holding my breath, and I can't breathe. How this appropriate. This movie's called Angus. It came out in 1995. It's directed by a guy whose name is spelt really funny, Patrick Reed Johnson, but it's like read, like read a book, and I've never heard it, I've never seen it spelt that way as a name before. So this guy has worked on a bunch of movies, the director. Give me, give me some, give me his IMDb hot, so, hot list, the hot. As a director, he directed, his first directorial effort was uh, a movie called Spaced Invaders. Oh, I remember Spaced Invaders. He did one. He directed one episode of Dinosaurs. Wasn't Ariana Richards in Space Inv Space Invaders as well? Yes, she was. I just clicked on it. I haven't seen that movie in so long. This dude has been a part of my part of my life for like almost my entire life. I realized you just didn't you know? know it. <laughs> yeah, he directed Baby's Day Out. Oh my god, which I remember, but I never watched. I have watched that. Yeah, I actually I, I actually just bought a copy a few weeks ago. Obviously, Angus, a TV movie starring, I believe that's. Christopher Lloyd on the cover there. Uh, when good ghouls go bad, I do remember. I vaguely remember hearing about that in 2001. I completely unfamiliar. But so now visual effects wise, though, he's done like visual effects for Warlock, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He did some miniature construction and American Tale. He was a miniature model maker, I guess, so they could like have references for drawing the huh. stuff. Interesting. I didn't realize they, they did that kind of stuff, but it makes sense, you know, I mean, animators need references. He has a story by credit for Dragonheart. Okay, the Dennis uh, Dennis Quaid movie. Yes. Sir Sean Connery as the dragon. <laughs> so so now every that time they make it. That movie was so fucking disappointing to me back in the day. I haven't seen it in so long. I, yeah, I, I might I love it nowadays. I have no idea, but back 
at the time, I remember watching it and just going, that fucking sucked. I liked it back in the day. But at the same time, that was the era during which I, you know, hate. I was hating on basically anything that was kind of campy, tongue in cheek, Any, anything that I couldn't take seriously. You know, I was I was getting I was smelling my own piss a little too much back then. Yeah, just a little bit. I can tell even now sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's it's true. I still hang on to some of it. I'm trying to get past it, though. So every time they make a new Dragonheart movie, he gets a based on characters created by credit. So he at least he at least sees a little bit of the scratch for it. So that's good for him. They did like four sequels to that, didn't they? So there's like a Dragonheart, a new beginning, uh, Dragonheart three, the Sorcerer's Curse, Dragonheart battle for the Heartfire, Dragonheart vengeance. Wow. So yeah, four sequels. Jesus Christ. That last one came out in 2020, too. We (laughs) seriously (laughs) 20 years later, they're doing Dragonheart sequels. What? Maybe 23 years later or something like that. Holy shit. Yeah, that's nuts. So, yeah, Patrick Reed Johnson. He's had a fucking weird career, this guy. But that's okay. That's okay. This movie stars an unknown. This is his first movie. Charlie Talbert, who got discovered by the director in line at a Wendy's in Chicago at some random truck stop telling jokes to the employees. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Ah, I love that. That's great. That's great. You know? So he did end up auditioning at some point, but he came in, he'd never acted before. And I was just listening to an interview on YouTube with It's it's apparent that he's not an experienced actor in this movie, but it's fine. I think given what, you know, the way the movie's presented, the director's like, I didn't want a bunch of Disney kids with stupid smiles on their faces and jazz hands and stuff. That's literally what he said. And the funny thing is this movie looks like that's what it's pushing. If you look at the cover, if you saw this in the video store, this screams Disney movie. Watching it, it's a completely different type of movie. It's not that at all. Yeah, so this kid, he had to audition. There's even a fuck in it. And if this happens, it'll prove my fucking point. So he he had to audition, but apparently he came in and the director wasn't really paying attention. And he's like, yeah, just read me your sides. And apparently he's like, what are sides? And then the director looked up and said, oh, holy shit, you're that kid. You're the kid. Okay, you're the one I want. Yeah. So he was like pushing for him like the, the day he met him. Okay, that's awesome. I, I, I love that. I love that because this kid, there's this kid. He has a I'll, presence about him of some kind. It's like. And, you, but I love it because he's so not your your 90s kids movie staple. He's not. Yeah. He, he's not some perfect good looking. You know, he's not Ryan Gosling. He's not. You know, one of these Disney, like you said, you know, he's, he's not a, he's not a Disney kid at all. He's he's the antithesis of it. He's chubby. He's, you know, kind of derpy in that fucking haircut. Jesus, which Christ. in fairness, there were some chubby, derpy kids in some Disney movies prior to this. You know, uh, Goldberg and uh, the kid who played Carp and true. But the they Mighty were Ducks. always side characters and they were all they were always, you know, I mean, like like they were always basically chunk from the Goonies. Hey, heavyweights, heavyweights. OK. All right. There are ex- <laughs> there. There were exceptions which came out this year, actually. So. So, so apparently, yeah, apparently this, this was where we saw a sea change for fat kids in, in uh, kids movies, which is good based on their, you know, the, the letter, the letterman jackets and shit like that. These guys were class of 98. I was class of 97. So this is very close. You know, I was one year older than these guys. So what I'm saying, I could relate like really hard to what was going on in this movie. And actually uh, this kid is 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 one of those things where I'm like you don't always need the best quote unquote actor. Sometimes it is just more about energy and presence, which he's got in spades. Yes, and like it's perfect casting, really. I wouldn't have changed him 
for the world. This kid's perfect in this role. No, I mean, the kid, honestly, the kid in heavyweights probably could have pulled this off. Not quite as well. I, I don't know which different. kid. I don't know which kid. What, was that the kid from uh, Mighty Ducks? Mighty the first Ducks? Mighty Ducks, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's good. He, he, he's he got personality coming I out guarantee he auditioned for it. I 100% oh, guarantee he yeah, auditioned for it. Yeah, most definitely. Probably the kid from The Big Green, too. The Sandlot kid. God, I can never yeah, remember Sandlot. his name. Yeah, I, I can't either, but uh, I've seen him as an adult. He he is completely identifiable immediately. Oh, no, he looks exactly yeah. the same. A little skinnier. Yeah, that's like about he it. Grew into you know, himself. I mean, and and his you know his skin's leathered out a little because he's you know he's forty now, but <laughs> like that's it. Like he, you you look at him, you're like, that's the guy right yep. there, fucking Sandlot. You're that's killing funny. me, Smalls. That's funny. Yeah, most of those, all those people from those movies have aged really well. It's like there's there was something in the water in Disney and Power Rangers because all those people age incredibly well. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, not a, I can't think of a single one of them that I'm like, oh, Even wow. the people who are already old as shit in those shows still look the same or better. Kathy Bates? Kathy Bates look, looks looks great still. Kathy Bates is in this movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kathy Bates. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what blew me away. This is how you know this is not going to be your typical movie. Fucking George C. Scott is in this movie. <laughs> right? All right? George C. Scott from some of the greatest movies of all time. One of the all time legendary actors. And he's killing it in this film. Yeah. You have fucking Patton playing someone's yeah. grandpa. Jesus Christ. General Patton, the the man who turned down the Oscar and won it anyway. The man who removed <laughs> his name from consideration and still won the Oscar. Why did he do that in this? Because he, he basically said it's a bunch of bullshit. It's just, it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. It's basically called it a jack off fest. The Oscars. He was like, this is bullshit. Fucking legend. Unfortunately, he did die in 1999, four yes. years after this movie came out. But, hey, man, we got at least one more good performance out of him. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. Kathy Bates is Kathy Bates, and who's fucking amazing and everything. Who's just reliably great all yeah. the time. Yeah. Even the kids are doing it. The only, I feel a little sorry for Vanderbeek just because the character was written really one note. Yeah, also his first movie. But I will say I that... It's relatable because when I was that age, that kid for me felt completely one note, you know, like he felt like that was his entire personality. So like if we're looking at it from Angus's perspective, which is how this movie has to be taken, it's all from Angus's perspective. It's not necessarily objective truth, right? It's uh, it, we're seeing things from his perspective. And from that kid's perspective, his bully is literally nothing but a bully. Like that's how I felt about my bully when I was that age. Like that person had no other dimensions to them in my eyes. Of course, you know, if you look at them in reality, they're going to have other dimensions. But like, that's just how it feels when you're in that position. So while, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's good that Vanderbeek didn't get typecast like Billy Zabka because he <laughs> he was... He was a fucking asshole in this movie. <laughs> like, really not even like a normal one. He is psychotic almost. No. Yeah, like, he, like, you, like you're like this kid's gonna grow up and murder somebody. Yeah, like this is some American psycho shit. <laughs> a little bit. Even his friends are like, dude. By the end, they're like, come on. <laughs> We've been assholes the whole time, but like, we're gonna chill out for like five minutes so that, so we can at least have fun here. <laughs> At the dance? Who's that buddy of his, too? <laughs> There's the one, the white guy buddy. You know, he has a white buddy and a it's black buddy. Connolly. What the fuck's his name? It's Jennifer Connolly's brother, whose name I can never remember. What else was he in? Because I know I've seen him. Entourage? In Entourage. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, perfect. Perfect. Now, that's typecasting for that guy. 
He's been in other stuff too, but he was in a Disney movie not too long after this, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, called Up, Up, and Away. It had a very similar setup to Sky High. Where oh, okay. This kid is part of a superhero family and he doesn't get his powers. You know the difference is? He never fucking gets his powers. That's right. You've told me about this one before. Which I feel you? is a. It makes it way better. It's a more interesting story. Yeah, I could see that. Not just, like, did they, like have that script and he didn't get his powers and all of a sudden they're like why didn't the kid get his powers and some studio guys like put it just give him the powers right here <laughs> because it really feels that way i i haven't seen the i haven't seen that one uh but now i kind of feel like i have to because i fucking love sky high i could watch that anytime I, and i'm talking about sky high like they just no yeah randomly I know. I, I, yeah, threw I know. his powers in there because it really does seem kind of dumb really that he just suddenly gets his powers and then it's like okay conflict averted it's a it's a way more interesting story if he never gets his powers. Yeah, it just seems real weird. But I I will say I love Sky High. I'm not I'm not trying to say I don't love. Oh Sky right, High. and Up Up and Away. That's right. The mom from Up Up and Away was the chick from the first segment in fucking Body Bags. That's right. Oh the um the slasher the one. uh the attendant the gas station attendant. Yes. Oh god. That's right. I remember that. That's right. Fuck. So Angus. All right. So we've talked about some of the actors. We'll fucking we'll get there. Appa- oh, apparently James Vanderbeek doesn't really like to talk about this movie because of the because his character was such a prick. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Which is funny to me. And he really didn't do a whole lot before this. He did an episode of Clarissa Explains It All, and then he in like 1986 he did a dub for an anime. Movie. Well, at least again, you know, like he was. He he the character is a huge prick and I can understand why like it's maybe not his favorite character. And if he had gotten typecast and my guess is that's probably why, because for a while he probably did only get offered similar roles and he had to try and break out of that. But he was smart. He did. He, he got Dawson and, you know, like, yeah, only a few roles later. He was he became in the hero Blues. of the yeah. show, you know. Oh, Varsity Blues, too. That's right. That was huge. I remember I remember when these movies came out this one especially I don't know I probably saw the TV spot because I watched the trailer and I'm like oh, I recognize some of this but there's a, there's definitely a different trailer that I saw as a kid unless I'm just misremembering but, I didn't watch the trailer uh, there is a trailer on my DVD but my my DVD is literally like it, the menu is do you want to watch the movie or do you want to watch the trailer okay I was wondering like, that's it so I'm like this is one of those oh, this is one of those movies I'm like dude criterion do something or Shout select. I don't. I'm not going to say I think is good enough for that. I would. Oh, oh come on. Shout Criterion Factor, has Shout some Factory shitty. could release a really good version. Criterion has some not so good movies, so we can't we can't pretend that they're not all that they're all great movies. But Criterion <laughs> Criterion isn't about good movies. It's about significant movies. This is and, significant for me, and I'm important. Yeah, so they need for to fuck. you. It's not. I don't think this movie is significant for many people. Shout select would be the would be the way to go. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Shout Factory would be would be really good release this because there's a bunch of stuff that got cut out that we'll talk about as we kind of oh get in there okay i'm curious and it changes a lot not the whole movie overall but it changes a lot of things i'm very curious so right off the bat because this is based off of a short story by the way i don't know if you knew that i did see that in the credits that there that there was a based on a short story or maybe it was based on the story i i don't remember if it said short story i did see that by uh, i'm still kind of reeling from seeing george c scott's name in the credits <laughs> you did not tell me about that and i didn't hear about it i, I just saw it in the credits i was like oh, fucking seriously it's a it's based on a short story called a brief moment in the life of angus bethune and i haven't read it but i want to I've, i found it on like thrift books that's it's collected in something called six stories or athletic shorts six stories something something that athletic brings us shorts yeah <laughs> that brings us 
right to our first difference. So we get an opening, uh, opening like narration from Angus himself saying like, hey, my dad died of a heart attack waiting for my mom to give birth over the course of two days. Dad's not dead in the story. Parents are divorced. Dad is gay. Oh, yes. My, yeah. Couldn't couldn't have that in a 90s movie that was aimed at kids. They, guess, were, they weren't cool with it. Guess what they had? Huh? That in the movie. They had it. Really? Yeah. Wow. There was a whole scene where he went and talked to his gay dad. Yep. And the studio was like, fucking no. Well, no. apparently they had a screening and with that scene in it and some the director said like some jock asshole or whatever said, uh, his dad's a faggot or whatever. And then the then the studio's like, yeah, we're going to take that out. Fucking spineless goddamn Hollywood. Agreed. I don't think the movie is bad because of it. No. But it could have had an extra layer because there's also some other things that we'll get to when we get to them that I never thought about until I learned all this stuff. Okay. All right. So, like, yeah. God, fucking... Hollywood is such a such a load of virtue signaling horseshit. Like they I know. they pat themselves on the fucking back for their progressiveness, but they they're just about the money like everybody else. It's fucking ridiculous. Yes. They had an opportunity to do something like that back in the 90s. No fucking way. They 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 ran with their tails between their legs like a bunch of fucking cowards. Uh, the director was not happy about it. Apparently, they offered him half a million dollars to just, like, go away and let them cut the movie because <laughs> he was pissed. And this is coming... Justifiably so. That's Yeah. That would have been legitimately progressive to put that in there. In the mid-90s? Yeah. Now it's nothing. Now it ain't shit. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays, I mean, the nice thing is, and I'm glad that that's the case, you know, like, that nowadays, it's no fucking big deal, which it never should have been. But, you know, like, yeah, like, he, he was... That was a ballsy move, and... That just pisses me off. That I know. Pisses and I, me right the fuck off. I want a director's cut now oh, with all this God. shit. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. Now I now I want to see the director's <laughs> cut of Angus. Bad. In this opening narration, we learned about Rick Sanford, who hates Angus because he's fat, I guess. There's no real reason for him to pick to have picked Angus other than the fact that he's fat, because Angus seems like a nice enough kid, not really doing anything, just kind of existing. Rick is like, you want to play pin the tail on the donkey? And Angus is like, yeah. And he's like, you could be the donkey. You want to play football, Angus? Then Angus yeah. breaks his nose. Yeah. Again. Oh, and Angus breaks his nose. Angus, uh, Rick Sanford says something douchey, then Angus breaks his nose, and it's like apparently this thing that's been going on his whole life, their whole lives together. When they <laughs> and every time he breaks somebody's breaks his nose, the little kid goes, "You broke his nose, Angus." <laughs> and we meet. We also meet in this little montage his best friend Troy, who is charging people to see his cousin's pubes. <laughs> that is so. Oh my god! That there's so much that they got away with in this movie that they. Hey, it's PG-13, and it it's, it's 90s no, PG-13. it's fantastic. I love it. I'm not complaining about it at all. I think it's fantastic. It is so accurate. Can't have a gay dad, but you can have pubes. It is so fucking accurate. <laughs> Which isn't gay at all, because I imagine it's his male cousin. <laughs> For sure. It's definitely his male cousin. Oh, my God. Dude, it... This, this movie's nuts. I, I was cracking up. It's funny, right? But it's also one of those movies where they didn't go like, oh, we got to put a joke right here. It's very situational. Yeah. Which I appreciate. But the, and the and the dialogue comes from the situations and all no, the dumb it, jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything feels like it. Nothing. Nothing really feels forced. It feels like they invested some time in writing these characters. It's not constantly laugh you know laugh out loud hilarious it's got some moments where it's kind of like okay all right it's kind of lulling here maybe we could speed it up or something like that but none of the jokes really feel 
None of the jokes feel like that fucking restaurant scene in Get Over It. <laughs> None of them feel like the studio came in and mandated a joke here. You know, something like that. Some bullshit that doesn't fit the movie. All the jokes in this movie feel like they were natural outgrowths of the uh, story and the characters. I still love that movie, though. I do. You know what? I've actually come around on it. I I was not for it when when we did it for the podcast. I've come around. That's that's fun, right? It's it, it's hard not to because it was made with such weird sincerity for yeah. the most part. I think knowing <laughs> that those that some of those choices were studio heavy-handedness helped me appreciate the rest of the movie. Oh yeah. Like I could go, yeah. "Okay, all right." Well, I've, I hate that fucking restaurant scene, but that was Weinstein coming in and being like, we need to we need to dumb and dumber this up, you know, like, OK, good. All right. Now I can write that scene off entirely and just enjoy the rest of the movie. And the fact that it's Weinstein. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and then my next note is he, quote, meets Melissa at the roller rink. So his uh, the object of his affection is a young lady named Melissa Lefevre, who will eventually be played by Ariana Richards from Jurassic Park. Isn't she played by here in this sec sec sequence no. rather? Because no, I I got a level with you. They just did a good job casting the young versions of all these kids. But what about the what 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 about the Shermanator? Well, because he because he he, he looks, looks twelve and he still kind of does. If you shave off his goatee, he will definitely look like a like child I legitimately still. thought while I was watching this movie, and I'm not a guy who gets taken in by stuff like this typically. Like I I do not get taken in by this very often. I legitimately thought that they made that first section of the movie and then waited like two years and made this the rest of the movie. Because <laughs> no. the casting no. was they so, did so good, good on those yeah. kids. Those kids look so much like the other kids. Yeah, again, some of the time they're not going for this the, the, the best actors because some of those kids couldn't act their way out of a fucking paper bag. But they look right, <laughs> Yeah, and it works. Yeah, they did a hell of a job with the casting on that. Uh, the same thing happened in uh, The Butterfly Effect. I, I seriously would have sworn to you that that was Ariana <laughs> Richards. It, it's not, but they did a good job. I would have sworn up and down it was. But yeah, the same thing happened with The Butterfly Effect when they're going through like Ashton Kutcher's younger self. And they were like yeah, casting they, those kids. Yeah, they really did. They don't look exactly alike, that, but they look like it's enough so alike. Yeah, it's so close. It was just that's actually I was listening to them talk about like, oh, we didn't really want to go with the best actors necessarily. We wanted to go with the guys who kind of like worked the best with Ashton Kutcher sure. and all that shit. And I'm like, that's a fucking that that's a really interesting thought process because I would never have thought about that prior yeah. to that. So, yeah, again, he quote meets her we learn that he never has spoken a fucking word to her <laughs> for years <laughs> he's obsessed with her never spoke this hit so fucking close okay i was okay that, you know what <laughs> fuck it we we could talk about it here do you did you have a melissa lefevre oh yeah absolutely i had i had several over the years you know like i had i had one in junior high school <laughs> and then i had one in high school and then i had one i, I had a lot of them yeah, I uh, I met mine in like sixth I, or seventh. I had, I had at least two in grade school. That right. I, I met I met mine in the sixth or seventh grade. Can't remember. Crushed on her all through high school. Except the only difference is we hung out together. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I actually spoke to her. Yeah, I had one that that I hung out with, but like I never I never told her how I how I felt about her. And then I finally I mean we're talking years <laughs> later. I finally I finally told her. And the, the awful thing was, is I found out that she had been into me like the prior <laughs> year. If I'd said something that year, she would have been all about it. But I waited a year and, and and I had already been crushing on her four years at that point. 
like not four years, but you know, four multiple years, like two, three, maybe five years. I don't remember, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then when I finally told her, it was like one year too late. Oh, and it wasn't. It wasn't even. No, I'm not interested. It was. I never want to talk to you again. Well, that sounds a little dramatic on her part. It was, and we ended up. We ended up becoming friends again. You know, a couple of years later. But uh, yeah, it it was it was hard. It was it was. <laughs> It was brutal. This one just kept stringing me the fuck along the whole time knowing I liked her. But, but well, that's rough. I wanted to stick around because I had it in my head that, oh, I, I'm Tom. I'm fucking, you know, Tom from 500 Days of Summer. I'm, yep. I'm, what's his fuck from High Fidelity. It's all these movies and yep. pop songs that put this shit into your brain unless you, you know, if you, if you don't allow it to happen, then you're good. Now I'm older and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm not mad at her. I was dumb. Yep. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that one pretty like, hard. She probably should have been like, no, dude, like, get the fuck out of here. But that's but not really her you, problem. Yeah, it, she sh- maybe she should have. But ultimately, you're the one who should have been like, OK, she said no, that's no. Yeah, like she's not interested. I need to move on. Yep. Yeah. And eventually I did. But it took a while. And yeah. here I am. <laughs> Twenty some years later. Yeah. Just being like, yeah, I got it now. I figured it out. I'm fine. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. And also, I would We're like so to... We're so fucking dumb sometimes. <laughs> I would like to point out that Melissa Lefevre, her name seems to mean Melissa the hot girl. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and she is. Like, I gotta, you know... I've had a crush on Ariana yeah. Richards since probably Jurassic Park. Yeah, I that, was age appropriate at the oh time. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. FYI. Me too, right? She was a little older than me. Yeah, so and now like, she's yeah. like, you know, now she's pushing 40 still. You know, no, she's oh, she's over 40 now. Yeah, now she's like an artist. Yeah. She doesn't act anymore really. We'll we'll get back to her and all that. So we we're going to cut to present day on the football field. Opening credits over a marching band set to this pretty good song. The soundtrack to this movie is actually perfect. It's you know how you said when we did the Mallrats episode that you could just see that movie like forming my taste in music. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, I I fully was getting the same vibes off of this. Yeah. Big time. Except this one even more so. This one has yep, Green that. Day and the Riverdales on it. And Ash <laughs> doing Jackie Chan, which I have never heard in anything other than. <laughs> yeah. And I never thought I would hear it in anything other than Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, yeah. So, wait, that they play. Do they do that in Rumble in the Bronx? Yeah. The end credit sequence. The, you know, the the behind-the-scenes bloopers. That's reel. awesome. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, no. That's the first time I ever heard <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that makes me happy. Or it might have been, it might have been First Strike. It was one of those. It was like, it was, or it was like that or First Strike. I th- I'm pretty sure it was Rumble in the Bronx. Of course, Rick just, because she's a piece of property at this point, oh, she is God. a trophy. He gets Melissa. <laughs> poor, poor Melissa in this movie eventually um, it comes that she you know like it takes until the end of the movie for us to learn that she's like an actual person with like thoughts and shit which at least we get there yeah i mean she gets treated like such an object throughout this home by angus and him like both you know i mean it's on brand for the age that this kid is you know yes. like like she she's just the object of his affection you know and and he, because she's hot he doesn't know who she is yeah no he's know. never talked to her and we've all done I, this i will say for the fact that he's objectifying her, he's objectifying her in the most progressive way possible. <laughs> in the in the least yeah, shitty the, way. The least shitty way. Because you know Rick still, is just like He's still objectifying yeah. her the whole time. Yeah, it's weird. So he says Golden Rick Sanford. He had everything. 
looks, smarts, and Melissa. I had Troy, and he had <laughs> because Troy always has something to say, and it's usually gross or weird. Oh God, Troy is totally. Troy is totally. <laughs> I hate how much Troy is a part of me. Well, and those are the kinds of jokes that I still make. So, because <laughs> Troy definitely comes off as the guy who's who's now a hardcore foot fetishist. You know. <laughs> oh. Like there, if like only it was scene, that tame. There's a scene of him like sniffing a shoe, and you just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, old Troy. He's gonna he's gonna be doing some dirty shit on the internet in a few years. <laughs> well, yeah, it was '95. It was on its way. <laughs> the internet was a thing. Not everybody had it, but in like give a good five years. <laughs> so Angus wants his moment. That is what this movie hinges upon. Yep. You want your moment. The grandpa wants his moment. Everybody wants their moment. At the beginning here, Angus almost has his moment, but Rick literally steals it, and nobody pays any attention to Angus. That's so, the only part of this movie that doesn't ring at Right, all it doesn't make sense because he's on the football team. He obviously caused the fumble that m- helped them win the game. Yeah. This is an equal, f- and Rick ran the touchdown. That is cool, but they should have shared in that victory yeah. together. Yeah, like I don't care how big of a reject you are. If you make a sweet-ass play like that in football, football people notice that play. As douchey as football fans can be, they have an understanding of the importance of every player on that field. Like they don't they, – they will play favorites. Everybody loves the quarterback the most. Sure, Rick was going to get the most attention off of that. But nobody who was a hardcore football fan would have walked away without seeing that Angus – yeah. He made that play happen. No shit, right? Oh, my God. And Rick is the one who threw the interception in the fucking first place. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I don't buy that sequence at all. That's the And that's the only problem I really have with this movie is Me I don't too, buy that sequence. Really? Yeah. Except for the stuff that I learned, like, today. Well, that, yeah. That, aside that, aside from that, me. now I want the the gay dad <laughs> subplot. Uh, So... Yeah, so that that that's what happens, and everybody and he's like, I and the narration is still going. He's like, every I can hear it now. Everybody's saying Angus, Angus, and everybody's like, Rick, Rick, of course, fuck Rick. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to him in, in science class, and Angus is good at science. He's good at football. No, he's fair at football. Good at science. Something about mutation. Lots of big science words. I don't fucking know it. Go poof the little dot on the on the overhead projector that kids don't know what they are now. It, you know, it's fu- it's funny because. Angus has that that monologue when he's talking about football about how, you know, like I'm I'm a wall. If I can if I can lock on to somebody they can't get past me. Yes. I knew that kid in school, right? Like I didn't go to high school with him, but he was my friend's cousin. He was a fat kid, he was a ginger, he was goofy as fuck, and we all made fun of him. But when he started playing football, everybody yeah. was like, "Dude, you're a fucking badass." Yes. Like 100%. Because he was that guy. Like when he got out on the field, nobody could put him down i i went up against him one time it was literally like running into a wall like not a joke it, it was like running into a wall he was immovable it, and we were we were all in awe of him at that point and we had made fun of him for years because yeah. we were all douches even me well surprise surprise Believe you too you're not gonna believe this but I, I i was a douche so angus gets called to the principal's office right also rick is staring at him like he wants to fuck him <laughs> <laughs> at the end of this class um which apparently apparently 
uh, originally they were going to make Rick like a closeted gay guy, and that's why he was such a prick because oh he, he, could, he couldn't come out because his dad was so macho man and stuff. Oh my god, what the fuck happened? This movie was amazing, which is a little cliche, it. but sure, it, now not it's wrong cliche. though. Now it's cliche, yeah. but the fact of the matter is nobody was tackling that back then. No, uh, and it's cliche for a reason. Because it's like true it at happens, some of the time. Man. Like, it's got to be. Patton Oswalt has a bit about a friend of his who grew up in this area, right? His friend grew up in this area, like going to, you know, some backwoods school, probably a lot like the high school I went to. And about how he, he how he he was gay, but he had to be in the closet because it was such a toxic relationship for gay or is environment for gay people. He would beat up the gay kids to cover up the fact that he was in the closet about it. <laughs> You know, sucks, and, and like yeah. how fucking horrible that was and how it messed him up for years. Well, yeah, it's it's hard not being able to be you, like feeling like that you're literally not allowed to be you, which is actually yeah. a good theme in this yeah. movie. I mean, it's it's it would have tied in with the the, theme, the central theme of the movie so well. It wouldn't have been just a just a random side thing. It would have been tied right into the central message of the film. And I'm not sure if they actually shot that stuff or if it was just like in the scripting phase or not. They dropped the ball. Fucking studio dropped the ball on this one. Hashtag release the fucking Pat, uh, Patrick Reed Johnson cut. Yes. So he's sitting outside the principal's office. He's sniffing his armpits because he's a big, fat, sweaty kid. That'll come <laughs> up a bunch. And then there's this one dude who kind of looks Can't like Jeremy Hotz. Can't relate Hots, to that at all. But <laughs> he, this dude kind of looks like Jeremy Hotz. It's not Jeremy Hotz, but it kind of looks like him. And he's like just looking at Angus being weird. Who's Jeremy Hotz? He's a comedian. Okay. I'd... He kind of looks like Harlan... Harlan... Uh, Harlan Williams. Harlan Williams. I thought it was Harlan Williams there for a second. I, I did think that that kid was Harlan Williams. I was like, no, that's fucking impossible. He did Rocket Man back then. Yeah, he was he, he was he way was older a, He was than that. definitely an adult already. He always kind of looked funny. So, But it, it <laughs> does look a little bit like Harlan Williams. Jeremy Hotz had a really good joke about uh, Chevette's, the cars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I just got a Chevette. What a miserable car that is. It came with a trailer hitch. What are you supposed to tow? Another Chevette in case the first one breaks down. <laughs> and then he's like talking about the guy, the guy selling it to him. And he's like, it'll stop on a dime. It's like, it can't get over one, you asshole. <laughs> Which is still funny. I haven't heard that joke in like 23 That's years, probably. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that that bit is real fucking funny. I don't even know what a Chevette is, and I still think it's funny. If I'm remembering correctly, it was like an an economy model of uh, Chevy, which like back then. Oh, like that, the, that was back when Chevy. Kind of like the Walmart brand. Yeah, it was that was like, well, no, it was a Chevy. It was made by Chevy. Well, yeah, but it Chevette. was But it was there. Yeah, like they're they're really janky cheap model. I think it's it's also a delivery thing. Like sure. I, I love things that are delivered with that kind of thing. Anyways, the entire point of this principal's visit is to tell him that he got into this place called Jefferson. It's a special school for fucking smart sciencey kids. I did not think this was going to be a good news visit based on Because of the how- principal? She's like going like, Oh, look at you football guys. Nice touchdown, nice tackle. Angus, the principal wants to see you. Yeah. I thought he was in trouble for some yeah, shit or no something. Oh shit. And even the principal walks in, he's like, Well, you got into Jefferson. Congratulations. But if you don't go, we won't have to worry about losing our best J V tackle. That now I will say, again, I think that this all relates back to giving us the movie through angus's eyes because like i think that's how angus sees it it's not necessarily how it's playing out yeah, yeah. it's just his interpretation oh yeah yeah that makes sense watching 
Uh, we do meet his mom, though. Arm wrestling truck driver, which will tie into the movie that we're doing next week pretty well. And who else could play that character, honestly? <laughs> Kathy Bates fucking rules. I've she's never amazing. seen her and gone like, nope. She's been in some not-so-good stuff sometimes, but she's Kathy Bates. Fuck I've me. never felt she was the wrong choice for whatever she's in. <laughs> she's a truck driver. Her CB handle is Bruiser, which brings me to the next different... Guess who else is gay? But a lot of that stuff seems to be left in the movie. There's a lot of hints. It's never explicitly stated. She talks about feeling different. Yeah, she never, All these hints. She never explicitly yeah. says anything, but she definitely reminded me of my gay aunt. I've mentioned her before on the podcast. She was a trucker. She was a, a, <laughs> yes. a city worker. She was a clown. What the fuck? Yes. And <laughs> that's awesome. And she like she would rent me action movies when I was inappropriately young for some of some of them. And she would she fucking loved Schwarzenegger movies. We'd watch them all the time. She was so cool. I spent so many weekends like it was her and my grandma were the people I spent most of my weekends with when I was a kid. This was after my mom and my stepdad got divorced. I spent most weekends with them because, you know, my mom was single and she was out, you know, just trying to fuck. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, hard week. Got it. She got to get out there and get laid i, I can she relate. wants to get she wanted to get a boner in her stomach well, i don't think we've tackled that part of the movie yet so that <laughs> we sounds haven't. a little weird but uh but it works god it, damn it it does work it does work but yeah so yeah immediately kathy bates reminded me of her it's probably one of the funniest lines in the whole movie <laughs> we'll get to it. um you know angus tells his mom he's like hey you know i got into jefferson he's, she's like oh my god you got it and she's she just loves this kid so much she's so yes, proud she of does. him it's such a fucking sweet relationship and he's like dude it's just an interview chill out she's like it's fine okay if you don't get in it's fine you do get in it's fine <laughs> just dialing it back in that mom way where you know she's just now repressing all well, of her yeah. excitement so yeah we meet grandpa he wakes him up with because he's patting he wakes him up with that military <laughs> horn thing it's, i believe it's called reveille and then they're at dinner and she's she's not saying a fucking word grandpa's like pass the potatoes and she's just like dee does just light up she's just lit up she's so fucking happy <laughs> but then she's gonna rip into her dad because he's getting married to a woman who killed brandon lee and we, <laughs> <laughs> because she <laughs> That's fucked she's up. She's the mom. For, she she's the kid's mom from the crow. And she was in the scene where it happened. Yes. Oh, yes. she was in. Oh, was that the scene? It's, that's was it the, the scene. S- that yep. scene. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was the table scene. Was uh, so did I for a while. But uh, context clues have led me to believe that because oh, because okay. that guy he died before the table scene and that guy in that scene stopped acting after that for a while because oh, wow. it traumatized them so much yeah i uh like, I yeah what? obviously like you do he do, that that shit doesn't happen to you and you go like fine yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that's heavy. Anyways, sorry. I did not. I did not realize that. <laughs> that was a. That I, was I a dark. For sure, it was the table scene. That was a dark joke. Probably shouldn't have said it. But <laughs> sorry. But yeah, she's like thirty years younger than him or some shit. And mom's like, "Why is it you're seventy one? Why the hell are you getting married?" He's like, "You know, she, she's like you're seventy two. Why are you getting married?" He's like, "I'm seventy one." And then he pretends to fall asleep. Then Angus is like, "Grandpa, aren't you seventy <laughs> three? Like, Grandpa, you're 73. Oh, but this is also a funny line. Angus and his grandpa have this weird antagonistic relationship with each other. Very. But then they, they, they're really antagonistic, and then they're like, I love you. Uh, they actually never say that, but like, it's always like, fuck you. It's time to take your pill, man. <laughs> that 
the relationships in this movie come off as way more honest because of that. Like, yeah. Everybody's kind of antagonistic with each other, but especially like him and his buddy. That's just kind of how it but, works sometimes, especially yeah, when you're 14. Like, like yeah. all right, you want to go in, you want to go in together? Yeah. All right. They're talking about like having to share rooms because people are coming in for the wedding and stuff. Grandpa's like, he grinds his teeth in his sleep. And he's like, at least these are my teeth. It's like, these are my teeth. He's like, I guess you paid for them. <laughs> And then we, we cut to school, maybe the next day, whatever. They're at a place called the Lunchbox where everybody eats, I guess. Troy is busy just being weird. He is just a fucking weird, gross weirdo. Very. Doing the nasal spray thing, and he's got headphones on, and you can hear the music kind of, and he's just like, you can just hear him just sucking it up. He's like, I'm swallowing snot. <laughs> and then he's like, it's not as gross as you'd think. Green Day is very heavily featured in this movie. The song that they have in the movie, actually, apparently they wrote for it which I didn't know. Really? Green Day wasn't the monster fucking band that they are now. Back then. It was then, 95. They were, they they, were pretty popular. They, they, were, had, they were huge. They but had I, at least two major hits at that point. They did, but they weren't like they weren't like stadium sellout band yet. Yeah, that's fair. They were still, hey, you can win free tickets to fucking go see them at the Knitting Factory band. They had done Woodstock 94 at this point. Yes, but only Dookie had been out. But this is one of my favorite songs. Insom- by Green Insomniac Day. hadn't come out by 95? Came out in October of 95. You win. Fine. Fine. I'm just a fucking dumb piece of shit. <laughs> I'm not going to jump on that train. This movie has put me in a headspace where I don't want to... Be a bully? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Uh, this, and this movie came out in September. Okay, so they they like... Oh, oh. wow. Okay, so right on the tails of this. Someone's, a, someone's marketing stuff I here. Yeah. Even though Jar is not they, on they were like, that album. Dude, just wait. This Angus movie is going to be huge. We'll get the groundswell going when Angus comes out, and then we drop the new album. Well, this movie's got George C. Scott and Kathy Bates in it. It should have been huge. Because <laughs> the kids love George C. Scott and Kathy Bates. Well, it, the director said... Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, the director said it's not technically a kid's movie. He's like, I made this for the adults that felt like kids or whatever. That's fair. Yeah, I'm eight. The uh, problem is it was marketed as a kid's yes, movie. Yes. Well, and That's I'm eight years problem. old, and I watched it, and I'm like, I fucking love it. Oh, it's so fucking edgy. If you're eight years old, it's so edgy. Yeah. You feel like a you feel like you're watching something you shouldn't be watching if you watch this at eight. Every time the radio plays Green Day, the first caller gets tickets to their concert. <laughs> when Vanderbeek what's his name? Rick? Yeah. Oh god, when that Rick later on. Oh, oh I hate that. That that fucking hurt me. So Troy is dropping some wisdom on Angus because they're they're seeing Rick and all the, all his buddies over there with, with Melissa. And he's like You know, if you go to Jefferson Nerd High, you might as well become a monk. What are you talking about? You become a science geek. No way you're going to get babes. Girls don't want brains. They want guys who are dangerous, have tattoos, play the guitar. Stick with me. I know these things. You play the accordion. (laughs) You can make a living playing the accordion. You're good at it. You can make a living eating food. You're great at it. You're short. You're fat. You're pathetic. You're fat. Buds! And then they do their little their little high five buds thing. There's a dance coming. Everybody's got to vote for king and queen. Troy cat calls someone. Yuck. <laughs> and he does it so in such a gross way. To... He's like Andy and Randy from fucking Sex Drive. Yeah. <laughs> Except bet. they're funny when they do it. <laughs> They don't know how to close, but their ability to open is fucking heroic. Troy's like, dude, we should go to the dance, right? We should go. And Angus is like, 
the fuck are you talking about? He's like, no, we should we go. We could just stand on the wall, watch all the dildos. And he's like, Troy, we are those dildos. Your mom's making you go to the dance, isn't she? He's like, I don't tell her everything, <laughs> which comes back a bunch. And then I wrote, yay, gay bashing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was the 90s. An F-bomb was going to get dropped for sure. So we mentioned earlier, like, uh, not mental health necessarily. It, it kind of does... So either way, in this scene, the, the the jock bullies come up and start fucking with Angus a little bit. Angus is, he pushes Rick down. He's ready to fucking beat the shit out of this guy. The yeah. principal comes out and goes, Angus, what the fuck? I will I will suspend you and that'll, your fucking ticket to Jefferson will be just fucked, you know? And, and if then, that is not the story of bullying victims in oh the my 90s, God. I don't know what is. Cause, yeah. Yeah, like the one time, when they finally push you far enough that you fought back, that was the moment fucking school <laughs> administration swept in yeah. and suddenly you were the bad guy. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Nobody said that. shit while he while this guy was harassing me relentlessly all year long when I finally fucking did something. Now I'm in trouble. That annoyed the shit out of me watching it this time. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You're not even going to hear his side of the story at all. Nope. Like Angus starts and goes, but, but, but and that upsets me so much. Because it's true. It's like schools are in the business of facilitating bullies. <laughs> so we let's cut to chess in the park. Grandpa plays with this dude who speaks Yiddish, I guess, because that's what it says oh, okay. in the subtitles. Do you know who this guy is? Uh, I feel like I've seen him before. I'm having trouble thinking of where, though. This guy is Irvin Kirshner, who directed... That name sounds very familiar. Oh, you'll know. He directed Empire Strikes Back and RoboCop 2. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So, so one of the the director one, of the best Star Wars movie was playing chess yes. with Grandpa so in the park. One of the best sequels ever, and one of the most okayest sequels ever. And and it's oh, this did he guy. direct? Did he direct uh, Robo, Jedi Robocop well? two? Oh, Robocop two. Yeah, no, Robocop two was pretty good. Yeah, compare it with the first one, and it's like no. I mean, no, the first right. the first one's like a, a a fucking masterpiece for what it is. At least Tom Noonan is there, being all Tom Noonany and being fucking weird. That's right. Tom Noonan <laughs> plays the bad guy in that, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Fuck, I forgot about that. I got to rewatch RoboCop 2. So Grandpa drops some wisdom on him. Screw yep. him. Who cares what people think? I'm and so I, on Grandpa's side. Me too. Oh. Now, yeah. right? But oh, yes, if you're yes. a 14-year-old kid and he says, and, and to some extent. No, I get where Angus is coming from. And to some extent, you know, I, I don't love the logic of who cares what anybody thinks. Like, everybody does a little but i get where he's i get i get his thing but he says screw him who cares what people think there's no nuance to grandpa's philosophy not at all <laughs> and you know but angus is like i care what people think you know it's because yeah. i'm fucking 14 and that's just kind of the way it is no what's frustrating is when you're fucking 44 and you're still struggling with that like you fully embraced philosophically fuck them if they if they don't like it yeah. But you, you're having trouble getting that from your head to your heart. You In know? practice, it's a little harder. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm just a fat kid who's good at science. And Grandpa's like, you're not a fat kid who's good at football. <laughs> and I'm like, flawless logic, honestly. I love Grandpa. Because he's a fat kid, but he's a fat kid who's good at science and fair at football, which is a funny yeah. line to me still. <laughs> oh, and he also has to remind Grandpa of his pills every day, even when they're arguing, like I said earlier. Let's cut to the winner, <laughs> winner ball pep rally. I have 100% been this kid. Everybody in the entire school is wearing blue. And here's Angus in red. <laughs> Didn't you get the flyer about the about the school spirit colors? He's like, Fuck no. He's like, no. Appar Who like, reads everything they get in the mail or apparently something Apparently like everybody but you. <laughs> uh, and he, then he's like, just shut up and maybe nobody will notice. <laughs> 
there's this girl dressed up like a garbage can recycling thing. But uh, I I did want to mention, though, on that. It's very appropriate because Angus's whole science experiment is this blue circle with one red dot of of abnormal or, or unusual, basically out of outside of the homogeneity of the rest of the circle he, he in, inserts right. this one chemical and that's his whole scientific science experiment so the sea of blue shirts with his one red shirt is they, the director knew what he was doing holy shit i didn't even put that together thank you you've just added a new layer to this scene for me <laughs> i'm constantly like hey there's a hot chick dressed like a garbage disposal <laughs> <laughs> and the shermanators lining <laughs> but but also I have first, a boner <laughs> First, I want to I want to point out, though, that she's in Boy Meets World. So fuck. Yeah, oh, really? Okay. She's in one episode of Boy Meets World. She plays a character named Linda. And it's one of those first season, very special episodes things. They're talking about racism and stuff. Oh, OK. All right. Because she is an Asian girl. They, yes. Eric is dating her and she takes her. They go to the mall together and she comes. Eric takes her home and she's crying. And, you know, somebody at the mall called her a bad name. But we never hear what oh, the name okay. is. But I can, you know, put it together. So I refer to her as Linda because that's what little Morgan, the little girl who plays Morgan, calls her. Oh. Okay. Everybody's like, woo, wooing her because she's a very attractive lady in a skin tight leotard. And Troy is looking at her, goes, I'm getting a phone. But like in the most <laughs> confused way, like, why is it? He, like, he's not saying it, but the, no, the subtext no. is, why the fuck am I getting a boner looking at this? Again, the. So much about this movie rings true to my experience of being a kid. This is the assembly where they vote for the king and queen of the winter ball. So, of course, Melissa wins. We didn't get anything like this when I was a freshman, and I was a freshman okay. one year before these guys. They're freshmen, and they're voting for the king and queen of this thing. It's not the senior prom where they vote yeah. for the prom king I and queen. I think this was fabricated for the movie, I gotta say. My son came in at the end. All he saw was the prom scene, and he was like, wait, they're not seniors? Right? <laughs> And I was like, no, this is a freshman ball. And he's like, since when do fucking freshmen get a dance? These kids are all 14, 15 years old. Well, <laughs> yeah. especially a formal dance. We had dances and stuff, but yeah. they weren't formal. They were just like hangouts. But God, this is like a weird. this is like an all freshman thing. And it, you, yeah, like it's got they got the punch bowl and they got the theme and, the, you know, the whole nine yards. They got the whole auditorium and a band. And there's Vanderbeek, 18 years old. <laughs> Playing above his age, even in this. <laughs> but at least, you know. Or below his age, excuse me. At, at, at least they picked, like, a semi-young kid. He's not, like, no, 20, he's 30 years old. I was telling Rachel, she's like, well, that, they, they all look 14. I'm like, kind of? Like, Angus looks 14? And it has a lot to do with his voice. and Yeah. Uh, but No, then, he, Vanderbeek definitely looks older. He looks like he's a kid. Yeah. But he looks like he's an older yeah. kid. But and I'm just like, well, I watched this when I was eight years old. So these people are always going to feel older than me. It's one of those kind yeah. of things. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, this movie came out when I was eight fucking years old, and I rented it from the video store a bunch. I've, I've been watching this movie since I was a little kid. Oh, my God. It's like me watching The Great Outdoors, and the teenagers will, like, they always seem so much older. If I go back and watch that movie now, I'm like, Jesus, are they really that young? <laughs> I know. It's fucking weird, isn't it? Oh, that that's a weird thing to think about. So this very adorable vice president girl because rick is obviously the class president right uh this vice president girl and me and rachel were both like she's so fucking cute like (laughs) and she she has to read the nominees for winter ball king and she's like angus bethune and of course the only guy wearing red everybody turns and looks at him and now everybody's noticing him the whole assemblage turns on him in it in an instant and then troy slinks out he fucking he pulls the fire alarm of course he does and there's a really good shot of troy's a bro of, At least in this scene, I like the overhead shot of everybody kind of scattering when the when the yeah. 
alarm goes off. It's a really cool yeah, shot. Yeah, it's a good shot. There's there's some surprisingly good cinematic stuff going on here in, in some of these shots. There there were a few shots where I was like, God damn, that's a that's a really good shot. So Troy is going Troy is like really he's like, dude, you gotta go to the dance. And Angus is like, fuck that noise. <laughs> <laughs> then Troy's like, dude, you gotta go. You get to dance with Melissa. And I'm like, oh well, the conflicting thoughts are happening now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he, this is this is where we learn he has had a crush on her his like for years, but he's never actually spoken to her. Yeah, uh I mean we've known that he's had a crush on her for years, but this is this is where they reveal that yeah, he's never swear ever. It's like, really? Not one time, dude? I know. I get it. Like you couldn't even do the like playing it cool, not hitting on you, just you know, trying to get close. No, because thing? he's a fat dork. Yeah, that's fair. And that's not me saying that he's a fat dork. He's a fat kid, but he's also cool. He plays fucking football. Yeah, and he's, he's like he's super a, smart. He's a lineman. Come on. Yeah. They expect they expect linemen to be big. <laughs> it's it's a huge advantage, in fact. And he's making he's making game winning plays. Yeah. So there's no way this kid would be this big of an air quotes loser in school. It, again, that's the only part yeah. that I can't reconcile. But again, if we're looking at it from Angus's perspective, even if they don't think he's that much of a loser for, you know, like like because of the football thing, even if everybody else is on his side or or you know, like everybody else is fine with him, the fact that Rick is such a giant throbbing tool, <laughs> like that could make him feel like everyone's against him. Yeah. Yeah. Like really the only two people that care that he's fat in school are Rick and him. Yeah, pretty much. It seems that way. And like maybe, certainly by the end of the yeah. movie, that's the feeling I get. And Rick's dumb friends, but But Rick's dumb friends, honestly, I don't think they even give a shit. They just they just give a shit about being keeping Rick on their good side. Yeah, because their friend is fucking making fun of somebody, so they're gonna make fun yeah, of him too. Pretty yeah. much. I just wrote down the line something about he's gonna say that he said that Melissa Lefevre's uh their experience at the dance is gonna be the winter nightmare on Elm Street for her. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Also he has a fucking framed picture of her on his desk. Not the small one either. It's the it's no. the eight by twelve. You know the forty dollar pick. Yeah, he had that blown up, didn't he? Yeah, that was where did he? Get that, that was not a. It might not be forty, but adjusted for inflation, you know, it was probably like a twenty five dollar picture. Where did he get it? Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. I, uh, well, because he's never spoken to her. How the fuck did he get that picture? Yeah, there's there's a whole episode of a TV show there. He's definitely in, been in her bedroom, right? I don't know, uh, but I I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of he probably procured it through like a relative or something like that who maybe was a little pissed off with her or something. And like he connected through his shady connections through the Shermanator there, you know, because, you know, that guy's got shady connections that that guy's connected with the school underground. He's definitely going to he, he's definitely over the next four years going to uh, develop many drug connections. Maybe Troy's dad is her dentist and she gave him a picture. OK, there, that's oh, possible. There we go. That's possible. Is Troy the Shermanator? I can't. Yeah. I can never remember. Yep. I, like, I literally always am just thinking of him as that because he is the fucking Shermanator. <laughs> Uh, speaking of that picture, we are going to cut to Troy's place and he has this slide projector and they've blown up this picture even bigger and he's got a laser pointer and he's like, when you want something, you have to motivate yourself. Motivation. Little stomach muscles above the belly button. Tiny blonde hairs on long athletic thighs 
She does have great little stomach muscles. This is a little creepy. This is a little creepy. Look at her. Not <laughs> inaccurate for high school boys. No. But he's like, look at her. Look at her thighs, belly muscles. Oh, he gets so much creepier than that. Like, that's, I'll, I'll that's throw scratching the surface. Yeah. Yowza. This is a trailer line. We're going to turn you from a large, pathetic virgin into a large, pathetic virgin with a new look. <laughs> <laughs> they give him a dumb haircut. I guess it's a haircut. It's, it's so. It's not even a haircut. It's just a. It's just hairspray and 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 a fucking blow dryer. I mean, he pulls out scissors. Troy does. Yeah, there's no there's no cutting going yeah. on because he because later on he goes right back to the fucking fucking Sir Galahad page boy bullshit that he had before. That hair is a, is a nightmare. Like, he, uh, there's no way this kid can win with that hair. But he does. He does. He he does <laughs> by 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 ultimately being true to himself and good for yes. him. I. I, I applaud the ending of this movie. I love it. He's talking to his grandpa and, you know, talking about Melissa and trying to get some advice. He's really trying to get grandpa to give him the advice that he wants grandpa to give him instead of just go to the fucking dance, kid. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Grandpa's not having it. He's like, you got a big heart, right? Cause that, that's what's going to win. He's like, I have a fat heart, grandpa. <laughs> And then he tells her about the Irish swoon. The good old Irish swoon. And then, of course, Angus is a sarcastic 14-year-old, and Grandpa's being about as sincere as he possibly can right now. He's like, you pull her in close. And Angus is like, smashing her ribs. <laughs> and you, you, you dip, dip her. her. Snapping her neck. And then you kiss her. And then traumatize her for life. And then she'll go on a murder spree, killing large people. <laughs> I did notice there was a lot of shit in this movie that they would not have been able to get away with five years later. Oh, dude, I know. <laughs> Troy is wearing a shirt later on. Yes, Troy. smiley face. <laughs> have a nice day with a bullet through it. At school? Yeah. Oh, my. No way. Suspension. Yeah, he, w- he was going to graduate right before that happened because they're class of 98, remember? Oh, different times, everybody. Yes. You, ha- the- you have to watch this as the product of its time. Yeah. Four years before anything super <laughs> fucked up happens that would completely unravel the fabric of our fucking society right well i mean a lot know, of shit a lot of shit happened I think the before oklahoma that. city bombing had happened by then and yeah but, waco well Ruby waco Ridge. waco hardly counts because that was like on a compound that not a school where everybody's supposed to be safe it's i mean it's true like obviously it's not as traumatizing on a national level but i mean things like waco and ruby ridge and those those were horrible examples of the government well yeah uh, going way overboard on things you know like the gut that was the government showing they can't be trusted believe it or not yes and and then you know columbine comes along and it's like jesus christ things just haven't been right since nope it's all been the bad earth since you know two years later uh, it's just been a spiral of madness ever since then yep and then for the last 20 years or so We've been at war, more shootings. Oh God, it's it's not getting any better. We had our we had our own generations Vietnam. Oh, you mean that thing that we weren't supposed to be at, but we were anyways because we stick our noses in everybody else's fucking business. Yeah, believe it or not, that turned out bad. Who'd have thunk uh, it? We're gonna go pick up Troy now. And oh wait, we're talking about a movie this week, aren't we? They're still That's talking right. about the Irish swoon in the fucking car. <laughs> they're also talking about sweating he's like i can't touch her because i fucking sweat and he's like everybody sweats dude the grandpa says everybody sweats and he's like but i don't sweat i rain (laughs) and then troy gets in the car and he's like that's gross as he's cleaning his ears out with a q-tip in the backseat of the car (laughs) the only thing that could have made that better is if he was like cleaning his ears and then like like licking them or something like that That was that's the only thing that could have made that more perfect oh god and then we're gonna go to dance lessons oh man poor angus 
Poor, poor <laughs> Madam Rood, whatever the fuck her name is. Oh, yeah. Is. Oof. Yikes. Getting actively frustrated with this. Angus's big old fucking clodhopper <laughs> stomping on her foot. Yeah. This is this is also another scene from the trailer. He's like, you're dancing, you're dancing. And then, of course, he falls because he's a clumsy fat guy, which doesn't make Naturally. any sense because he's not a clumsy fat guy. He's a he's a very agile, quick to run, good, balanced, well-balanced fat guy. Again, I, I feel like we're we're seeing all of this through Angus's perspective. He does. He, it's not that he's clumsy. It's that he feels like an oaf. That's that's the way he sees himself. And that's why once he kind of has a turnaround at the end, he's able to just dance with her, you know, to dance with her and, and Troy, you know, all three of them just dancing together, having a good time because he's taken the step of, of, of self-acceptance. Obviously, it's, you know, it, it's not as easy as, you know, just turning it around on a dime. But for the purposes of the movie, he's able to do that. The tuxedo. Oh, my. I got to say, I love the plum tuxedo. He can't fit in any of the black tuxedos because they're all too small, of course. And they have one thing left in his size. And the dude pulls it out and Angus is like, it's purple. And the dude's like, it's plum. Having said that. Matter of factly. I would have been just as embarrassed as him if it was a black tie affair and all I had was that plum tuxedo. Oh, absolutely. Now I don't give a fuck. I'm put some weird flowery bullshit on this thing. I'd be so about that shit. Make it pink. I don't give a fuck. That'd be awesome. And then there's a little back and forth. Everyone will be wearing black. You'll be different. That's true. I don't want to be different. I want normal. I want socially acceptable. I want a black tuxedo. It'll look great on you. And as for what anybody else thinks, always remember these words and live by them. Screw them. You try it on. No, he won't. Put it in the dressing room. Put it on a rack. Put it on a dead guy and bury it. We're back at Troy's place. The fucking blow up doll. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> they just took a straight up sex doll and put a mask on it to, to cover that gaping mouth hole. And that you're supposed to put your dick in. And apparently his Troy's dad kept it in the waiting room at his fucking dentist's office for a while. <laughs> That's so grotesque. Oh God. But it scared the kids. So yeah, he just took I it home it. instead and gave it to Troy, which is wrong yeah do. i think we i think we know what was going on with that. i think we know why troy was so reluctant to part with it he's gonna videotape angus fucking dancing with his doll he gives good reasoning he's like no this is what jocks do you tape yourself so that you can see how you're screwing up and then you you know you can fix it but really i'm gonna jerk off to this later probably yes <laughs> for being honest and then you know look under her shirt she's anatomically correct <laughs> a girl's bod is a girl's bod shut up troy <laughs> And then Angus is he's such a little creep, but he's so accurate. <laughs> and Angus is being the voice of reason. He's like, there's more to girls than just their bods. And it's like, what, you like Melissa because of her grades? And then he goes, she's beautiful, all right. Just, I get the worst pain in my stomach every time I see her. You get a boner in your stomach? Then we get a nice little montage of Angus, like, working out and dancing and doing some science and just hanging out and shit. Set to Green Day's Jar that they wrote for this movie, apparently. And it's one of my favorite Green Day songs. At the end of the montage, Angus is lifting some weights, and you know, because he's a jock. He's got sure. to gotta stay strong, right? Uh, and then he hears on the radio that Rick fucking won tickets to the goddamn Green Day concert. <laughs> <laughs> and rick is such a douche about it he's like that's so funny like i didn't even think about it but then i heard this i heard the song playing it's this car that was driving by so i just picked up the phone and called and then hey i just got my quarterback <laughs> like some dudes just have all the luck and it really fucks with you when you don't have any of it again 
this is not necessarily really happening. This is Angus's mind. At school the next day, or whenever, Troy gets accosted by the jock bullies. Troy tells them that Angus can fucking dance. And he is going to... <laughs> he lies. He just straight up lies to him. He's going to steal Melissa from you. He's going to blow you off the dance floor. Okay, hang on there, Rick. Because, hey, th- this is really happening, right? Because Angus isn't even in this scene. That's true. This is this is probably really happening. If your relationship is that fragile that a, a <laughs> dude that she doesn't even know who, who can maybe kind of dance can steal your girl from you, maybe you should uh, work on some stuff there, buddy. That's a very mature attitude that Rick definitely <laughs> doesn't have. Definitely. Right. Rick fucking panics immediately upon hearing this. He's like, uh, help me destroy him or I'll fucking kill you. Which you know what? <laughs> Which, you know, would make sense more. I mean, it makes sense already, but it would make even more sense if Rick was gay. Because a gay guy who couldn't dance would be super insecure about it. Oh, dude, I know. And then his his the, the, the black friend of the group, he's like, you can't dance. All you can do is that, you know, white shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see him later at the dance and he's, he's just, just doing, doing that, that white thing, shit. Yep. And then, you know, in the locker room after after football practice, Troy doesn't want to take a shower. I have sore gums. <laughs> i completely understand this one I, I literally never took a shower after gym class and shit no me neither no and i mean i probably smelled so fucking bad oh god i feel so sorry for the people who were near me you know that is one thing that i that i like about my body is that if i don't take a shower for a few days yeah it'll start to smell a little weird but it's not like you know it doesn't spread a lot like <laughs> Are we sure about this? Yeah. Or? No, I've, I, I've asked. Like, I'm like, I haven't taken a shower in a couple of days. Do I smell weird? They're like, no. Oh, okay. All right. Well, like, right you, you are on the lucky end of the spectrum. Yeah. Then. No, I, I'm like, if I can start to smell it, then then I'm like, oh, fuck. I, get this time. I was on the oblivious end of the spectrum where I did smell terrible, but I n- didn't notice it because you don't smell yourself typically. You let yourself become the smelly kid in class? Pretty much. You can eat ketchup too, Frankenstein? Yeah, that's a big daddy reference. I'm going to stop now. I mean, I would still... I would still take the shower you know like at home every morning i would take a shower but you just need to double up on that deodorant huh yeah that's the problem i wasn't wearing any deodorant <laughs> oh there we go high and uh you were that guy yeah yep <laughs> for some reason girls were not throwing themselves at me i don't understand that's why. okay i smelled good and girls still weren't throwing themselves at me <laughs> it's because i was a fat dork you I, I, go don't figure. It. I don't believe it for a second. See, I'm still a fat dork, but I'm comfortable being kind of a fat dork. Self-acceptance is key. And everything is just better. I was thinking I was thinking earlier about how shitty stuff was when I was like a teen into my mid-20s. I'm super, I'm like, I'm doing really, like real well right now. <laughs> like, you don't really, you don't really realize it until you stop to think about it, right? Well, that's a good thing, you know? Like, if, if you suddenly stop noticing how you're doing it, it typically means you're getting better. Yeah, and I was just thinking about like some situations that happened between me and my parents, and I'm just like, oh shit, I'm not miserable anymore. What happened? So you know what I want to try to try to make happen? I want to make sure that my kids don't have to hang out with me all the time. I don't give a fuck. I want them to like enjoy being around me occasionally, though. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. If if you can just ensure that your kids don't need to move away from you for their own survival. You're probably doing better than a lot of people. Yeah, so. that's that's yeah. my only goal here. I don't care if they go to college and make a million dollars or if they fucking work at McDonald's their whole lives. I don't give a shit. Are you a fucking asshole? Did I fuck you up? You know, that's all that really matters. Well, that I don't that I don't fuck you up. You know, 
yeah, I mean, you're going to fuck them up. It's just a matter of mitigating well, it, trying trying to, you know, like and, and and to and to own it when you do. You know, just be like, "Yep, I dropped the ball there." Not not get all defensive and, you know, self-justification. Well, you turned out fine, god damn. I it. didn't I did no such thing. Like they, they don't believe you and you fucking tell them stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I'm I'm trying to just not be that guy. I know I screwed my kids up. I'm trying to just Like, "Hey dad, remember it. that really traumatic situation you put like, me in? Yep. That wasn't me." Nope. <laughs> I did that and I am sorry. I I wish I had not done that. That's a that that that's a good perspective to have. All right. Let's keep cruising here. Let's keep cruising. Uh Angus is in the locker room. His well, they're all in the locker room. His clothes have been stolen and obviously it's fucking it's the jock bullies. Then Oh, I I got to I got to agree when when he zips up his pants. Ooh. I winced. <laughs> um so Troy gets two one-liners here. He gets shoved in a locker, of course, but before he does, uh James Vanderbeek is like shoved in a locker in the worst way. Yeah, he gets like shoved in a first, half locker, <laughs> head first, ass up. Oh god, it looks terrible. James Vanderbeek says, like, hey man, I'd lend you my shirt, but it might rip on you. And then <laughs> Troy says, That's because it's cheap, like your mother. <laughs> And that's when he gets shoved in the locker. He might have deserved that one. I'm just... Yeah, he had that coming. He had that coming. Well, uh, yeah. Then, and then, yeah. He, he, he's, he's like, "What are you gonna do?" He's like, "I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna go to class without underwear." And he zips up, and he's like, "Ooh, careful!" Yeah. <laughs> and then they go outside, and Angus's fucking underwear are on the fucking flagpole, rung up yep. the flagpole, and of course, Troy has to be like, "Your underwear are almost as big as the flag." <laughs> God, I love how the underwear get bigger with every every time they cut to him. Like that is definitely Angus's point of view yeah. right there. By the time they're pulling him down, the underwear is three times the size of the flag. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, well, at least Melissa doesn't see it. And then, of course, who comes fucking walking out? There's Melissa. But luckily, she's looking down. She's like reading a book or something while she's walking. And then she happens to walk right past it. Never and then, noticing. And then they, they give each other five. It's like, she didn't see it. She didn't see it. Yes, 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 yes. And then somebody says, Melissa. And she turns around and the underwear fly right in her fucking face. They cut loose from the, <laughs> they cut loose from the cord and whap right in the, right in the kisser. It's a very windy day. Apparently Troy says something else. that's really funny. That's what you call getting a slice of the old dick pie. After this scene is over, Troy then gets like fucking kidnapped in the yeah. background. Yeah. Just like they just abduct him like in a like a gag as a gag i don't like this scene that where they take him. no this is this is it's intense yeah this is pretty rough stuff it's it starts out kind of funny they have troy in the garbage can going like hey man we just want something to kind of mess with angus at the dance and he's like i don't got anything and then they close the lid on his head and he's like ow and it really hits him and it's kind of funny yeah yeah i mean all of that is fine within the context of what we're watching yes but what happens next you know they this pull- is then we get rick's american psycho moment yeah oh and i've never this has made me uncomfortable my entire life <laughs> like if this is that this is the point where his friends are like um we're gonna go yeah <laughs> even they don't want any <laughs> part of this they're like too far rick but yeah so so troy tries to he's trying to defend his friend of, and essentially going like hey man you don't don't fuck with my ah. and then you know they the friends like push him and then Rick trips him and he falls on his arm and then he cries because he like hurts his arm. And then they're like, dude, let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. And then. Which is. No. Oh, that's right. His arm wasn't broken. That's where he breaks yeah. his arm. He falls and he breaks his arm. Rick is like, see, see what happens. Big guy, tough guy, whatever. I'm like, um, you pushed him and tripped yeah. him. Hit you. Yeah. You, you fucking did this, dude. No, this, this Rick's way over the line here. 
I don't, I really, really don't mm-hmm. like that scene, but it, like it works, you know, it's one of those things, but then I kind of want to see Rickett like stabbed a little bit. So naturally Angus is just pissed off and he will not sit down. He's back at the park with his grandpa. He's pacing back and forth. And the grandpa's like, uh, you gonna like sit down? You're making me nervous. Does this have anything to do with Rick? And you break that kid's nose again. He's like, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I was like, uh, fucking do it. Angus. This, <laughs> this dude's a tool of but, the highest. This dude. No, he's not even a tool. This dude's a fucking psycho, but clearly that hasn't worked in the past. And he is a science. True. He's like a science guy. That's true. The That's same true. experiment and all that. Grandpa, like, gives him, again, being very concrete. He's like, are you going to the dance? He's like, no. He's like, well, you're a coward if you don't. <laughs> and then he's like, I can't dance or I can't talk to girls, but I can punch Rick's head for his face in. And he's like, you're a coward if you do. And he's like, he calls his grandpa. grandpa laying down yeah. the perspective. Yeah. Grandpa's grandpa's a fool because fucking people are stupid and people suck. But, you know, it's time for his pill. So so at home that night, Angus is working on his experiment and it's not quite working. It's not getting the poof. So he decides to dance with the doll. But it, while this is happening, while that kind of dorky weird shit's happening, mom and grandpa have a nice conversation about Angus. Like grandpa's like, you're giving me shit. You're giving Angus shit. Why won't you leave him alone? Do you not know how strong he is? And she's like, do you know every time he sits down in the cafeteria, the kids jump up and pretend they're being thrown off the bench? They call him Bigfoot. He never mentioned that to me. He never told me either. You know what they did with his underwear? They ran it up the flagpole just to humiliate him. And he gets up and he goes back there every single day. So don't you tell me I don't know how strong my son is. I know. And if he wants to go to any goddamn school where the kids won't slap their bellies every time he walks by, then he damn well can. But I'm like, again, this mom, just she just loves her kids so much. And it makes me feel good because she loves him so much. It's so nice. Well, this is a really good scene, too, because because we come to understand the things that Grandpa doesn't know. You know, the things that Mom has experienced, had to, had to suffer through watching her kid. And that's the worst on a personal level as a parent. That's the worst pain in the world is watching your kid suffer and not being able to do anything about it. And she's seen things in Angus's life that Grandpa hasn't seen. And so Grandpa, he gets to have a little more equanimity about it because he didn't know these things. And then she kind of lays it out for him. And he's like, I I didn't know that. Think about this because he's like, she's like, you know, they string his fucking underwear up the flagpole. They do this and that to him and this and call him fat every day. And he still gets up every morning and goes there. And I'm like, fuck, that's fucked up actually. And I was never teased in school really. So like, you know, the occasional, but nothing, nothing bad really. So like I couldn't I could not begin to relate to that. I could I could relate to being kind of a fat dork, but I had friends and people like hung out with me and stuff. It's 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 a hard thing to wrap my head around. I just really like this conversation and she's like, "Don't you tell me I don't know how strong my son is." And she's like, "I'm different too, lesbian." Yep. <laughs> it's all coming together. Yep. Every every time like after I learned that, every time the line like that would come up, I'm like, "Oh shit. Yeah, that really is a thing, isn't it?" Grandpa and mom hug and then eventually she goes upstairs sees Angus dancing with this fucking doll and she thinks it's hilarious obviously and he Naturally. has a good sense of humor they have a good relationship so nobody's I mean, like oh my god what the fuck up? yeah it, it's really good because it could have gone another way with that you know mom could have had the horror reaction but she yeah. has the humor reaction yeah, and, she just like, and it just makes you like her even more she whispers in his ear Hagen does and then they race each other downstairs and she's like you want to bring your little friend <laughs> it's cute it's cute and he deflates the thing with his boner on accident <laughs> That's what Rachel said, but I'm like, is that what happened? He's holding it right over his yeah, dick and is. suddenly it pops. Like, 
You know, you 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 remember what it was like to have like a fear boner or an embarrassment boner. <laughs> you know, like it's not even sexual. It's just like suddenly you're terribly embarrassed and your body's like embarrassment. <laughs> Shouldn't we be erect for this? I do not. I honestly don't remember why I had boners gen- in general. You had them for every fucking reason and no reason at that age. It was in it. It, it was the wild west of boners back and, then. And then your dad comes in like he's never had one before and says, "Why do you always have an erection?" I'm like I'm thirteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he doesn't remember. I'm I'm genuinely convinced that the bo- that boomers. They elicit substance to themselves out of their childhood memories, and they legitimately don't remember what it was like to be a kid because of all the mind-altering drugs they did in the early 70s and late 60s. Why do you always have a boner? I don't know. I just watched the Golden Girls. I'm fucking... Like, why did you always have a boner at my age? What are you talking about? In the next scene, everybody's silhouetted, but Troy walks up the bleachers to give the bullies something. We don't know what yet. We can guess. I knew what Troy was giving him. It's the only... It's the only card he had to play. But now it's wedding day. Grandpa's fucking wedding day. We finally meet April. Oh, man, this one fucking tore me apart. I was not ready for that. (laughs) Mom is in distress because she feels like she didn't order enough food in this random character that we've never met before. Is like, it's fine, it's fine. Angus then has a, he apologizes to his grandpa for like talking a bunch of shit to him at the park the other day, which is good. They needed this moment very, very much. And then, Especially considering what happens next. Grandpa drops some knowledge on him about like, you know, Superman's not brave, you know. I'm like, this, this, this is, is clearly a speech grandpa had prepared too. Oh, yeah. Like he he was he'd been thinking about this ever since they had their conversation. Him and him and Kathy Bates had their conversation. Grandpa was thinking about it. Yeah, Superman's not brave because he's indestructible. You can't be brave if you're indestructible. He's like he's noble. He's like good-hearted, but definitely not brave. And I'm like shit. Truth. Never never thought of that either. That's it's true. That's some good stuff. Yeah. And then Angus, you know, sits down on the bed and he's like you know what, I think I'm going to go to the dance because this is going to be my only chance and if it doesn't work out, that's fine, but I want my moment. And then it like <laughs> pans over and Grandpa's asleep like he's been several times before. Yep. Angus just kind of, he smiles, he walks over to the thing and he's like, ooh, this is going to be my last time fucking fucking with Grandpa like this, right? Yep, because I don't know if we mentioned it, but it doesn't just he doesn't just wake him up with Reveille that one time. No, it's like two or three times, times yeah. throughout the series of the movie. And course of the movie sorry. and it's always funny because he's doing that old guy thing like i was awake damn it <laughs> and it's george c scott being woken up by that you know it's like it's, it's kind of perfect he's having flashbacks to pat and he's like what the fuck? <laughs> so he does that and grandpa doesn't wake up fuck oof gut punch on I, his fucking I, wedding day i cried not gonna lie i cried i probably have before but i didn't because i was like i'm too tough for that shit bitch i'm not i'm I, i'm Fully in touch with my little my little inner bitch. Oh man! Then he cut. This when it comes to movies. This kid's never acted before, man. Yeah, he's doing his best. Um, he's 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 not he's not perfect at all, but he's doing his best. But and, I mean, he comes downstairs. He's yeah. fucking crying. Yeah, he he's he's pretty wrecked, and it it's not nuanced, but it's uh, that's okay. You know, should like, it be? Uh, no. I mean, really, you know, when when something like that happens, it's you know, it's like it's like the uh uh. Warriors of Virtue thing. Yeah. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to be here. I don't want to see that. I just want to go home. You just, you just saw me go into like thought space for a second. I had another comparison to Warriors of Virtue in this movie, and I can't remember what it was now. Fuck. Oh, oh, it was the football scene. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Football. Yeah. 
That's funny that you brought that up and I was just thinking about it. But yeah, it's exactly like that. I don't want to see death. This is a fucking kid movie. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's getting a little heavy here, Jesus man. Jesus Christ. I just wanted to see kangaroo guys. I, I legitimately did not expect to, to have tears in my eyes during this movie. Nothing we've gone through up to this point led me to believe. Right. And because I, I, well, I never mentioned like I, I told you it was a coming of age story yeah. and that I really like coming of age stories. And this is a good one. With a good soundtrack, it's it's funny. It's I never told you it was sad. Also, no, you did not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, the scene later too, where he where he meets the. Um... Oh yeah, right now that there's a super sad song. I'm not sure what the song is, but he goes to the park and he goes. This dude has been like obviously waiting all day for yep. the <laughs> guy for however the long. Fucking director of yep. empires, Urban Kirshner. So fucking sitting weird. there waiting for Grandpa to show up for chess. And... Yep. And Angus walks up, he moves one of the pawns, and then he lays the king down. And then he sits down. And Fucking then, tear me open, dude. I know, right? And then the dude just puts his hand on Angus's arm. Like, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a sweet little moment. Angus has been sitting there for however long. The dude's gone. Then Troy comes up to him and says, hey, I don't think you should go to the dance. And he's like, I'm not going to the stupid dance. This is the moment where, uh, where I'm like, Troy, okay, you got bullied into giving him the tape. You could have given him a fucking heads up. Troy's he just he just said Rick's gonna do something to you Troy all right I understand why Troy did it I get it but still you could have given him a heads up cut to however long later Angus is like cleaning out the wedding stuff throwing it away good fuck it weddings are stupid (laughs) April shows up at the house he doesn't recognize her at first but then she turns around she set an alarm to to remind herself this scene too to, i'm like god damn it this was heavy this one was heavy yeah there's a few there, yeah there's like a like five minutes of this movie from the time he dies to like a few <laughs> minutes later and it's just like oh my all right we were having fun for like a like, minute god damn where, where's the can we get back to the boner jokes please <laughs> she tells angus that she remembers she remembered the pills and stuff and she's gonna give angus a gift she hands him this big box and she's like ivan who is grandpa that's grandpa's name he left this at my house for you so again clearly He'd been planning that conversation with Angus because yes. the box says on its top, do not open if you are Superman. Right. Good good setup payoff that yeah. I never really thought about until right now. He opens it up. Guess what it is? It's the fucking plum suit. Plum suit. She's like, it's a horrible color, isn't it? He's like, it's plum. <laughs> and then, oh, he also asks her if she wants to go inside. She's like, no. He's like, we have food. Apparently the food did last. Yep. Well, do you think all those people there were eating while the like the fucking ambulance? Probably not. Yeah, that that I have to. I, I feel like that probably cleared out the reception <laughs> real quick. So here's the question: Do you take your gift with you when you leave? Oh shit! I oh ooh, that's a good question. Let's, we should ask the director. I'm yeah, I'm curious. I mean, you never know when you're going to be at a wedding and it's going to turn into a funeral. So it cuts to the 22nd because everything's on the 22nd. The dance is on the 22nd. The Jefferson interview is on the 22nd. Angus I can't is, believe you remembered the date. I did. Because <laughs> they must have watched it, like, this movie a lot of times. They mentioned it like three or four times. When they're doing the dance thing in Troy's, in Troy's house, he's like, the dance is on the 22nd. And then when <laughs> mom catches him with the doll, she's like, your interview is on the 22nd. You know what that is, right? You know, he's like, I know when the 22nd is, man. It's the night of the dance. Uh, I do remember that they're on the same night. I happened to watch Back to the Future 2 with the kids the day that I watched Angus also. The interviewer is in Back to the Future 2. You remember that Oh, part? that's right. Yeah. Like, I think he took this <laughs> yeah. guy's wallet. That's right. I forgot about that. And like this guy, I've seen him. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's always just a bit part guy. Yeah. His name is, 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 is. He's got he's, such a weird look. 
Wesley Mann. Yeah, he plays Mr. Kessler. Mr. Kessler, your interviewer from Jefferson. Mr. Kessler is here. He's clearly playing it up. There's no question about that. But he, like, he's already got kind of a weird face. So then he just dials it up a little bit. And yeah, he was in a Disney Channel show that I can't remember, but he like talked that way. But he like spit on everybody when he was talking <laughs> and shit. Like, yeah, he he's been in a, a thousand movies that you've seen. Like, it's just just he, in a tiny role. Yeah, he makes some offhand like. Th- insulting comment about football and you can already tell angus is like the fuck yeah angus is you can feel their the friction between these two characters right off the bat like angus is looking at this guy and he's suddenly reevaluating everything he was considering about going to this school because the guy's like of course you know i went to the school it was a great opportunity for me and some talking some shit about football and stuff it's a mindless sport he calls it yeah every mouth breather from here to wherever going to the football game because he got that's right because he got caught in traffic yeah, because he was supposed to be there at three yeah but he's fucking three hours four hours late something like that so angus has to present a science experiment and the one that he has been working on hasn't really been working but maybe it has if it hasn't been doing the poof thing and getting destroyed maybe it's been working the way he says right here he says that so you want to attend jefferson that's not difficult to understand. We have an exceptional program. I went there myself when I was your age. It's a rewarding experience with obvious benefits. Now, if I could see your science experiment, Mr. Bethune. Do you have a science experiment, Mr. Bethune? Yes. Yes, I do. May I see it? You're looking at it. Is this a joke, Mr. Bethune? No. I'm hoping to prove that within every normal system, there exists an aberration, something different. The chaos theory. The Bethune theory. Your hypothesis? When a small abnormal element is forced into a larger normal system, the element will either be rejected or destroyed. Obviously. But it doesn't have to be that way. If, if, if the element is brave. Brave. If the element can hold out long enough and face the torment of the system until the system's energy is depleted. If the element can look the system in the eye and say, I'm still here, asshole, then the system will have to change, adapt, mutate. And if this happens, it'll approve my fucking point. Which is... There is no normal. Okay, I guess I I misspoke. This part is also kind of dumb in terms of, like, if he's really into science, everything he says here is ridiculous. It doesn't make sense from a scientific perspective. It makes sense in terms of a, a thesis of the movie perspective, but it's not really scientific. So the Jefferson interview apparently we'll learn goes well uh so he gets to the dance troy stops him at the entrance and he's like dude you don't want to go in there oh and he's like what are you doing here i need my i'm gonna i'm gonna go have my damn moment which is cool i i appreciate that but then and then they start talking shit to each other and just one two one two back and forth you're like oh my god these guys are these guys are breaking up and then he's like oh again together yeah yeah (laughs) this he also warns him that troy's gonna do something to you i know but not he could have told him he could have told him so we get into the dance and everybody's having a good time and Angus gets in there. He walks right up to Rick and Melissa and then Rick 
again like she's a fucking thing he's like i'm just gonna hand this lovely thing over to you for a little while hate it rick's a piece of shit angus and melissa go backstage to get ready to be introduced as the king and queen and shit she seems honestly just as nervous as he is she isn't talking to him or engaging with him and so it comes off as aloof yeah she's kind of like like oh she doesn't like him she's weirded out by him yeah but then when they when they start to get ready to go out on stage she says something about sweating and then she's like i you probably don't know anything about well, that there's also like a moment real quick he's trying to open he has a he has like a box that's got a corsage or whatever in it and he's trying to open it and they the principal hands him their official crowns he says these are your official crowns <laughs> he holds it in and his he puts mouth. it in his mouth but then you see ariana richards and i'm like was that imper- was that like an accident because she like looks at him and like giggles i i don't know i don't know but uh yeah, he's all kinds of awkward about it and, and stuff. And then he gets it out of the box finally, and the principal's like, you can go ahead and pin that on Melissa now. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's fumbling with this thing for, like, three... It feels like three minutes, but, it's yeah. you know, it's obviously just a few seconds, but he's so fucking awkward this kid it, it's terrific and then he pins it on her. he manages to get it on her he doesn't stab her yeah and then this is the first hint of her being a real human being that we actually get she's like i you know i sweat when i get nervous don't you he's like well you know and then she's like but you're a guy you're probably used to it you, you know guys are supposed to sweat girls aren't really supposed to sweat and he's like well you know and she's <laughs> like and she just has this realization real quick she's like you know everybody's gonna be like staring at us right he's like he just like perks up he's like and he looks at her and goes creepy kind of it's like you should be used to everyone staring at you because he has basically yeah like you said he's objectified her his entire yep. like life the entire time he's known of her existence she's been this unobtainable thing this hot girl who he doesn't know and now she has like thoughts and shit and insecurities oh and what nervousness and yeah like she really they do a good job with it for what they're doing here of of taking her and turning her from just just the object of his affection into a real person even in his eyes you know like him having that revelation of her as a real person i think they handled it about as well as you could given the con- given the extremely truncated time frame that they had <laughs> yes. to do it yeah and the context of what they're doing i think they did a damn good job yeah with she's it. not even a character in the movie until like right now yeah this is and suddenly like she she gets all these layers to her like like just over the course of a few moments yeah so they get announced and then they walk out like put on your crowns and then they put on their crowns because they're both awkward and nervous at this and they're walking down the stairs and she's like he's angus is like don't trip don't trip don't trip and then and she's also and saying she's like smiling trip, she's trip, like don't trip. don't trip melissa don't trip and she's like looking at him going like it's fine it's fine <laughs> it's it's a nice little moment again where she finally becomes fucking human it's it's really cool too because it shows that you know like he deals with it he deals with his insecurities by getting nervous and clumsy and she deals with her insecurities by putting on a smile and playing it cool and pretending that yeah she's perfect yeah just yeah. pretending like she's not affected by it but she's still dealing with the same insecurities it's a great moment it'll be a little deeper explored in a scene in a couple minutes yeah. but they get out onto the stage they get introduced and what happens the tape with angus dancing with the fucking doll pops up and everybody's like, ha ha ha. Cause it's funny. You'd laugh. You'd be like, what the fuck? This is weird. Okay. Angus, why are you, why are you being weird dancing with a doll? It's nice because it, it, yeah. it fulfills its duty within the context of film, but it also gives context for Angus where it shows him in a good light. You know, like it, he's, he's like, you know, she's not just a, a hot body. Yeah. You know, like he, like he's, he he had an opportunity there to be a real creep and he wasn't a creep he he was 
you know, for a teenage guy, he, he, yeah. he, he, he was trying his best. <laughs> Could have been worse. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's beautiful. And she gives me a boner in my stomach. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't say it that way for the audience. He doesn't say she gives me a boner in my stomach. Uh, That's Troy. Yeah. And she is fucking horrified. Melissa. She runs out. Understandable. Yeah. And then, of course, Angus, he's kind of being a little heroic here. He's not just like, oh, shit, I fucked up. I'm going to go curl up in a ball and die now. He actually follows her out, glaring very hard at Troy on the way out. Yeah. Because who else gave him the tape, right? It was definitely. Yeah. Only one person had that tape. Uh, Rick tries to get outside, fo- tries to follow them outside. And the principal's like, yeah, I know it was you, you fucking dick. He doesn't say that, but you can in tell. In a rare <laughs> moment. Yeah. Of principal heroism he's he doesn't let rick go out do you know why it's because angus wasn't there oh yeah so that's what really happened i'm playing your game i'm all right i'm on the level here that's fair that's fair james vanderbeek he's like i just want to i just want to go outside get some air he's like there's no in and out privileges at dances and he's like what about them they're the king and queen i'll make an exception for them like (laughs) right on right on good finally dick but yeah you're probably right it's because this is this is happening outside of angus's view so it's the actual story so he goes out uh, to catch Alyssa, she's crying. She's like, she's not having a good time. He uh, he says, I'm really sorry about what happened in there. She's like, oh, you're, you, what a jerk. And he's like, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> and she's like, not you, him. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? What the fuck? I, I'm sure everybody in the theater probably too. They were like, whoa, she's like not a bitch. I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't surprised by that yeah. at all, but I understand that Angus was, you know, because like, yeah. I believe me, if I know about anything, it's, it's self-hatred and constantly imposing that mentally on other people. Like, of course they must hate me. Of course they hate me. Oh, yeah. No, they definitely hate me because, you know, I was in the tape and it's my fault that this happened, uh, yeah. even though it wasn't at all. So she asks him a couple really good questions here. She asks, like, do you ever get tired of who you are? And he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, do you know who you're talking to? Uh, which, again, we're, we're, we're doing a good job of humanizing her because, like, like you said, she's, like, pretending everything's cool usually. Yeah. This is probably the first time she's ever like broken down. She's a, like, yeah, she's opening up like yeah. he he just got publicly shamed with her, you know, as it, like so he's he's a relatable voice at this point. Yep, and then she's like, "Can I tell you something?" And I didn't know what this was back in the day, but I know now. Uh, she says, I'm bulimic. Do you know what that is? And he's like, I'm a fat kid. Of course I know what that is. Uh- <laughs> I had no fucking I did not see that coming at all. Like, whoa. We just got we, shit just got real. And I really like his explanation. He's like, I even tried it once. But when I stuck my finger down my throat, I was still hungry, so I almost ate my arm. <laughs> I mean, that makes her laugh because I'm pretty sure he was joking. Yeah, he was and just trying to, trying to ease the moment because he's, he's an awkward dork, and that's just yeah. what he does. Yeah, so she she's like, you know, I've never told anybody that before. But I think we have to go back inside now. And he's like, oh, but, you know, I should tell you I can't dance. She's like, well, we'll manage. It's fine. She feels comfortable with him. Weirdly enough, she's basically <laughs> I, just met this guy. I like what he says. He's like, no, no, I don't mean I dance bad. I mean, I can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> this is where she says, screw him, isn't it? Which, was, of course, was grandpa's mantra the whole time. And I'm like, all right, this this girl's OK. Yeah, they go in. They have their they have their dance. Which makes uh, you wonder why the fuck she's still with Rick after all this time. Oh, no shit. Right. Because she was trying to be someone she wasn't. But, but she's she's done with him now. You know, I mean. If, if she's dealing with the level of insecurity that she's dealing with, you know, it makes sense, you know, that she'd, she'd be with somebody who makes her feel, you know, like, like she's, like she's above that insecurity or like, or like 
she probably feels, you know, like she doesn't deserve him, but he wants to be with her, you know, so which, of course, you know, is complete bullshit. But but a lot of uh, a lot of people do that. Like part of me is inclined to say a lot of girls, but a lot of guys do it, too. Yeah, people in general, I yeah. Get into bad abusive relationships, you know, objectifying relationships where they're being treated like dirt just because they have low self-esteem and they're being taken advantage of by somebody who uh is a predator. And Rick is definitely like Rick. a fucking predator. <laughs> he steps on her a couple times and it doesn't go perfectly, but she's like, you know, hey, just chill out. Just try it this way. So she kind of walks him through a few steps. I was really relieved because I I was like legitimately afraid for half the movie that Ariana Richards was going to be the bad guy, which I couldn't oh. <laughs> like that would break my heart because like I said, I've had a crush on her for like forever when she when, when it all came down to it. She's like, fuck you, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. That's how it was going to go. That would have sucked. Yeah. I, did, I would not like this movie as much. Oh, man. I should have known based on how much you like this movie and the way you are. Oh, that would have hurt. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, so no, no, Angus is having his moment. He's finally getting to dance with the girl of his quote unquote dreams for years now. It's probably just that you, you know, you were telling me it's not like other movies like this. So I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking, oh, well, maybe it's going to go really dark, you know? <laughs> it's it's only not like movies like this because the main character doesn't stick his dick in a pie or say <laughs> racist shit constantly or, you know, he does objectify the girl, but he's not, you know. He, it, it could be way worse like the nice thing is is he does objectify her but they take they make a point within the context of the movie to take her out of that yeah to yeah. really pull her out of the objectification yeah because that, that's a really good thing yeah it, it takes the whole fucking movie to do it but yeah. at least they get there but it's angus's movie it's not her movie yeah just don't stop at the three-quarter mark they're done dancing uh melissa is done with rick at this point he's like trying to get her good for she's, her. she's like fuck off i said he comes in to reclaim his property and she's not having it oh my god so he gets pissed off and goes ape shit on angus and he pushes him punches him in the face and angus gets knocked down right but then angus, he say something like it's time i broke your nose yeah, uh, i'm gonna break your nose now but then angus gets right back up and pushes rick so hard he pushes him james vanderbeek smashes his head on the back of the stairs did you see that or the steps yes i did Ooh. And he's like, I could beat you right here, right now. But I don't want to be better than you, Rick. I don't want to be better than anybody. I want to be who I am. A fat kid who's good at science and fair at football. That's who I am. I can live with it. Why can't you? Because it's not normal. You're not normal. And who is you? It's your ass. And so what? To be normal, we all have to be like you? There are 400 people in this room that are nothing like you. Some of them are fat, some of them are skinny, some of them are tall, some of them are short, some of them have braces, some of them have birthmarks, or scars, or frizzy hair, or ears that stick out. But most of them probably walk through these halls every day, never telling anybody the truth about what they really want, or need, or believe. Because people like you, normal people like you, have them terrified of being who they are. I mean, if you're normal, what does that make them? So which is it, Rick? Are you normal? Or are you just one of us? Whatever I am, something you're never gonna be. Thank God. It's good. It's a good little sequence where he really gets to he gets to drive home his point and he it's a triumphant moment for him. 
Yeah. I'm really glad. And, it, you know, it's like I said, you know, his whole thing. I want my moment. It's This is his moment. Not dancing with Melissa. That was great, but this is his moment. Angus goes to, like, leave. He's 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 done. He's said his piece. He's going to walk out on an epic note, right? Melissa then just runs up behind him, stops him, and she says, hey, I want to dance one more. And he's like, okay, I'll wait over there, I guess. And she's like, no, idiot. <laughs> no, dumbass. <laughs> I want to dance with you. And he's like, didn't I already tell you I can't dance, bitch? Get the fuck out of here. The end. And <laughs> Weird way to end the movie. And then it's it's circular. It was really about her not changing at all. Of course, that's not what really happens. No. He says, yeah, no, but uh, like, seriously, I can't dance. Like, this is, it's going to be bad. And she's like, it's fine. Oh, this is where she says, screw him. She says, screw oh, him, yeah. right? As they're walking, he says, you know, hang on. He goes back to Troy and goes, hey, you want to spaz out with me on the dance floor? And then Troy's like, watch all the dildos. And then Angus is like, we are those dildos. <laughs> I didn't know what a dildo was when this movie came out. <laughs> so I said that one to my mom once and she's like, hey. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> this is a little eight-year-old Andrew. Well, let's watch all the oh, dildos. Let's, let's go watch the dildos. <laughs> so Angus walks away, and then Troy is kind of defeated. He's walking out, and he, uh, like, I don't think Troy is seeing what's happening here. He didn't notice that Angus walked away, so he was ready to do the Buds high five. Troy happens to walk in front of him because he says, Buds, and then he hits him really hard with his cast arm. <laughs> And then he, and then you hear Troy on the ground, or the you hear Rick on the ground go. <laughs> so that's like one of the only really like dumb teen comedy moments. In the yeah, movie. yeah. And it made me laugh, so that's fine. It's a little over the top. And then, and then the trash lady, Linda from Boy Meets World, says, "Hey, you just you just broke Rick Rick Sanford's nose. What's like what, what's your name?" And he's like, Wedberg. Troy Wedberg. Yeah, I I don't necessarily buy her suddenly swooning for this kid. I mean, this this kid is the epitome of a dork. He yeah. really is that dildo. <laughs> he really is. Hey, you know what? A little confidence goes a long way. But you though. know what? I'll give it to him in the context of this movie. Maybe she's into dweebs. Maybe, maybe. You never. It's true. You never know. You were right though. Yeah, he he completely just fuck it, says fuck it, and he's just having fun. He's just dancing, being weird. He can't dance. No, nope. neither can she. Yeah. Neither can Troy. They're all just right. spazzing around, being weird. They're just goofing off, having yeah. fun, and good for them. And yeah, Melissa, it's, a gr- it's a great moment. Melissa asks Angus if he can walk her home, and he's like, holy shit, that's the, oh, there's my stomach boner again. And then he gives her the good old Irish swoon, except he doesn't kiss her. She fell in love, like, for a second at least, right there. You could tell. She's, like, giggling at him and looking mm. at him, and yep. It was the right move at the right time. Yes. And he took it to the exact right degree. You know, he's walking her home. She's wearing his coat. They come to her door and nobody's saying a goddamn word. She gives him his coat back, leans in, kisses him on the cheek, smiles at him, closes the door. And then he walks away to a a nice little closing narration. You know, he got into Jefferson, but he didn't go. Rick got fucking suspended for his dumb little prank. And then it goes, don't you forget about <laughs> right. me. And he raises his fist in the air. Uh, and he's like, who knows, man? Maybe Melissa Lefevre actually likes me. But that's not that's not his concern right now. He says, I've had my moment and I can hear my grandfather in my ear saying, hey, go have another. Perfect. Excellent. A and, perfect and, little ending. And Melissa kind of peeks out her window, right? At the oh, end. yeah. So there's like, maybe she does like him. Maybe she does actually like him. But it's not going to overcommit and ruin this perfect moment. Yeah. No, uh, this, this movie... I really enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> yeah, and it's it you know it's not Get Over It. It's like a it's like a way better movie than that kind of stuff. And I know I've said like I really love Get Over It, and it's it's a fucking good teen movie. This is a legitimately good teen movie. Yeah, I well I think Get Over It was trying some things, and it was again you know like when you t- start taking that 
studio interference into account, it was being hamstrung by Harvey Weinstein, basically. Fucking <laughs> and, and, Weinstein. And, and I will say it the casting was still a problem in that movie. Like 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 <laughs> casting Ben Foster against Martin Short is madness. Like it's 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 total madness. I love Ben Fo- I love him in that movie. Anyways. I love Ben Foster. I love Martin Short. They are not in the same movie, these two guys. So so this movie is way more even in that sense. Way yes. the, the the casting is really good. Um, the actors aren't the best, you know, like they're not Ben Foster. There's no Ben Foster in this. I mean, George C. Scott and Kathy Bates, yeah. obviously, but even they are sort of playing within the realm of this movie. They understand the movie they're playing in. They're not overplaying it. They're they're really perfect, both of them in this movie. And the kids are good. They're not great actors, but they're good for what they're doing. And so it, it there's a nice evenness to it. No, it nothing feels way out of whack like it does with Get Over. It. Get Over it. I have nothing but respect for them really trying something there. Like they really were. But it's 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 absolutely bonkers. You know what's what? going on there. You know what happens to me? I will spend days not thinking about get over it and then all of a sudden, boom shakalaka midsummer night's dream, it just starts playing in my head. <laughs> Twenty fucking years. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> you had to bring that one back around for me. You too, huh? Oh god. Oh I, yes. No, I'm 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 fully into it now. I think I wa- I think uh, after we did that, I watched it four times over the next couple of days. I brought it downstairs because I was going to watch it the other day, and Rachel's like, no. <laughs> I watched it like we watched it, and then I went home, and that evening I watched it with Storm. And then my daughter came over like two days later. I watched it again with her because so I just had to show – I had to get their takes on it, you know. And then I think I watched it again by myself. It's a good one. It makes me happy. It's just a fun, mindless, stupid fucking movie to watch. <laughs> Um, so final thoughts on Angus. This is a good movie. This is, I mean, it's not a four star movie or anything like that. It's a three star movie. It's, it's solid. It's good. It's not a laugh a minute, but it's funny where it needs to be funny. And it's, it's heartfelt where it needs to be heartfelt and it's triumphant where it needs to be triumphant. And it's difficult where it needs to be difficult. It's, it's a good movie. And it's way better than its marketing would lead you to believe. Because basically, when I when I saw this movie, the way it, the way they were pushing it, I was thinking Disney movie. <laughs> I one hundred percent thought, you know, that this was basically a, a Disney Channel movie translated to the cinema with lots of boner talk. So much more boner talk than I thought there was going to be in this movie. This is a this is a this is a good PG thirteen movie. It really is, and it doesn't look like it when you're. When you're looking at that DVD case, you're thinking PG. Nope. Yep. You get you get the one fuck. You get a b- bunch of boner jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, you you even get him saying "dick," not as a, an insult, like referring to a penis. Which that's the hard line. That's that's the line between TV and and movies. Is you can you can say you're a dick, but you can't say "look at my dick." I've been watching this movie again since I was like eight, nine years old. I remember seeing the trailers for it on TV. Always wanted to watch it. Like I saw it and I'm like, I'm not going to go to the theaters because my parents aren't going to take me, but they'll let me rent it. And my mom will at least. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. Just, yeah. Again, this came out when I was 16. So it, and it really looked like it was supposed to be a kid's movie. It didn't look like it was a, but yeah, you were almost the perfect age for it. Yeah. I actually would have been like, I could have, I could have enjoyed this had I seen it in the theaters, but the marketing was just, wrong it is one of those movies that like it, it appeals to a broad yeah that's fair a broad spectrum of people which is cool 
Uh, I really want a director's cut with all the God, now gay that you parents tell me that and stuff. potentially me gay too. James Vanderbeek character. Yes. Just, oh, man. Please, see that somebody, anybody, yeah, put if, that shit out. If, uh, if Shout or Vinegar Syndrome or Arrow picks this up, please give us the director's cut. Please don't fuck with me. Like you're do like everybody's doing with the Ninja Turtles. Do not fucking do that. Do not give me smell a vision with Angus. Okay? Fuck. And I'm gonna keep buying it because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Anyways, I do love this movie. As I love it as is, but I definitely want to see it with all that other stuff still in it. Yes, yes, I completely agree. Please. That make would this that happen. honestly, that could take it from a three star movie to a four star movie. Yes. It really could. Yeah. If it's done right and if they are able to get like all of that in there. The Kathy Bates angle, the dad angle, the James Vanderbeek angle. You put, you get all that in there. This could go from a three to a four star movie. Yeah, I would watch an extra half hour of this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think we're done. I think Ang- Angus is done. I do love this movie, and Good I'm movie. I'm gonna watch it again and again for the rest of my life. I don't know. I'm glad you introduced <laughs> me to it. Yay! I won this time. We've had our moment, and you can have yours. Now, now let's go have another. Oh yeah, you can have another. We can have another. We're going to have another because we're not going to stop because if I stop now, I'll atrophy and I won't fucking, I, I got to keep, I just got to keep moving. I got to keep doing this shitty show that nobody listens to <laughs> for my own mental health. That's how I look at it. I just look at it like, okay, time to go to therapy. But hey, how about you follow us on some social media on everything at the shark pod? And then there's always that whole, you know, Patreon thing with like over 48 hours of exclusive content. Uh, Friday the 13th, every Friday the 13th movie. And eventually we'll get you a new episode on there. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm kind of shitting the bed on that. Yeah, but someone's slacking, motherfucker. I, I I was telling you before, and, I, and I'll tell you again, I think this is my week. I'm, I feel like I'm turning it around. All right. Turn it around. Turn that beat around. That's exactly what went through my head. <laughs> but all I know is that one line. Turn the beat around. Yep, that's all I know. I love to feel percussion. It's the next line. Oh, I know that because of Pitch Perfect. Patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood. Give us your money. You can listen to all that extra shit. Uh, but yeah, hey, in a couple weeks, we're going to be back with uh, Over the Top, which is why I said earlier that, you know, the Kathy Bates being an arm wrestling truck driver was relevant to the movie that we're doing next time. Indeed. Little dedication to uh, Terry Funk, but also Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, who left us at fucking 36. That is... And it bums me out. Wow, that is, yeah, that was that was a shocker. I wasn't a huge fan or anything. Uh, I, but I, after you after you told me, I looked up who it was, and I remember him, the the guy who does the monster character. Yeah, the fiend. Yeah, the fiend. That's right, the fiend. And uh, yeah, I I remembered him once I saw his picture. God, that is that is young, even for a wrestler. That I'm thirty six. Yeah. And now I'm afraid I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm eight <laughs> years older than that. Oh God! Anyways, you know, hope everything's gonna. You know, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that shit. It's sad. Live your life. Watch shitty movies. It's so much fun. Or whatever your thing is, you know, it doesn't have to be shitty movies. But if it is, embrace it. Be you and screw them. And that's what we're gonna do next week. We're gonna screw each other. I mean, we're gonna watch a shitty movie. <laughs> Slow Sorry. down, slow down. We haven't gotten the OnlyFans account set up yet, so you know, we, they're going to have to wait on that for a few more weeks. You guys need to come back in a couple of weeks to hear us talk about the fucking best movie ever. It's not a shitty movie. I lied to you. It's great. It's over the top. Lots of arm wrestling machismo. He arm wrestles someone for custody of his son. 
It's the most plausible movie ever. He, he doesn't actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> but like kinda. But we'll get there. Uh we'll see you ne- we'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh but until then, stay jossum.